Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the end of month review for December 2023. Every single month of this past year, we have sat down and discussed what's happened in the past month. We're now in January 2024. Can you believe it, Aiden? It's been too long. Too long, if anything. too long, hasn't it? What happened in December? Who knows? This month, it's been a very, very long one. We've had a lot of things happen, which we'll get into. We've also had Christmas, so we've all had a bit of time off. We're all coming back a bit... A bit full, a bit bigger than we were before. <laughs> I definitely look fat. I mean, I could do the whole double chin. I, action I don't that. think you do. So, Patreon, let them know if he does or not. Let us know in the comments below. That's a good look. Yeah. That's a very good look. Well, if someone screenshots that, they'll be able to see how big my double chin is. <laughs> do you take pride in your double chin? No. No. <laughs> does that is that not? A, it used to be a sign historically of wealth and and success I mean, was having a double chin yeah but like that's 500 years ago like Henry VIII and all that and he, he was a big boy Aiden you're an old man that's you know, <laughs> that, that could be your era we don't know <laughs> that was me and Henry Tudor down, <laughs> down the woods but we're not here to talk about history well we are recent history recent history December 2023 there was a lot of things going on as we mentioned um, we're gonna jump right into the sort of deep end it came at right at the end of the month when everyone was on holiday Apart from you, you had to you had to work it. I was off. I didn't do the reactions for the AEW World's End pay per view. However, you did, and there was a big title change. One that I think many people expected, didn't expect. It was a very weird one. So what we're talking about was that Samoa Joe won the AEW World Championship. Mm-hmm. Very weird in the sense that sort of like even if I had said at full gear that he's going to lose to Samoa Joe, I think we all sort of like we all would have thought, nah, that's not happening but yep. sort of as the show got closer we sort of thought hmm might actually win this you know especially the whole thing about MGF's injured he's got a torn labrum mm-hmm. and the bidding war of 2024 I just needs to end yeah. though, doesn't it it feels like it was tired but it does again yeah it does feel like that was one of the main factors like okay we've got to do this in storyline somehow somehow even though we all know it's bollocks yeah <laughs> and it was I, I mean I was kind of gl- I was expecting Joe to win I was wanting Joe to win. Yeah. I didn't... <sighs> it just felt weird, though, because it felt like... I mean, this is like Samoa Joe's first world title reign in 15, 16 years. 
if you don't count the NXT belt, then uh, yeah, like something like that. I'm trying to think, what did he have? When did he have TNA? 2009, he won it in a King of the Mountain match. Okay. So we're talking at least 2009. So and then NXT, 40, yeah. it was a world title when he had it in NXT, quote unquote. Yeah. But it means that it's been a very, very long time since he's had a world title. And obviously he had the television title recently. He's had the US title in WWE. This is the big, this is the biggest belt. That's not WWE. Yeah, this is the number two belt in and pro wrestling. Joe, who we thought when he was commentating WrestleMania 37, his career was done. And not even that. Like, so he does the comedy thing, wears the poncho, the poncho. like it's really wet. Really good commentator. Mm-hmm. But then, I mean, he gets fired like what, a week after? Uh, Something like it was like April 15th. So yeah, yeah. right then, about then. And then he's rehired a month later, pops yep. up with NXT, and then... Wins another NXT title. We think, okay, Joe's good. Like, he mm-hmm. could be the sort of, like, leader of the new era of NXT. And then just sort of goes away to be a scout and a coach. Yeah. And then when all the shit happens with Vince, um, not even Vince going back, just Triple H has his heart condition, goes yes. away. And then all the Triple H guys are just binned off by Vince. Which was a shame because Joe back in NXT felt fresh. Him coming back and doing the thing with, he was the enforcer for William Regal. <laughs> he was just really angry all the time. Yeah, and they were like, you can't, touch any of the competitors you know for your sake and for their sake you know don't get physical then he did with carrying cross wins the belt from him and then that was the last we ever saw of joe on wwe tv was it not even on like ed it wasn't even on the first episode of nxt it was the, two it was the last, oh, was he no it was he was on the last ever nxt takeover and that's it branded paper or branded show <laughs> wins the belt wins the belt goodbye that's it done. He vacates. Yeah. And we get nxt 2.0 and the nxt we now have but of course in AEW, him showing up he's had as a good run? Oh, very much a career Renee or something. Yeah. I mean, I remember sort of when he got released a second time and chatting to Jack Atkins, the, the lovely man that is Jack Atkins. Mm-hmm. Um, we were all thinking he's, he's got to turn up at Supercard of Honor, especially now Tony Khan's bought it. Yeah. And of course he does turn up. But I mean, it, it, he, he said at the time, basically, it was what's your name? It's like, my aim is to be world champion. And we sort of thought, okay, like the news Joe is sort of a bit like Big Show was in WWE for years, where like <laughs> constant heel time. Yeah, <laughs> like, but actually, that's not too far, has it? Yeah. He keeps on going back and forth in alignment. So, and, and just even the idea that he sort of he'll have world title matches, but he might never win the belt. Yeah, after Grand Slam, it felt. I thought this that's what it was. Yeah, this isn't achievable for him now. And I, I remember thinking when he vacated the Ring of Honor TV title, I thought. Mm. Well, he's not beating MGF, so what's he done that for? And of course, I was wrong. But yeah, it seems like that's. I, I think we. I think we probably mentioned it in the office at some point when he did vacate that belt, and, and he was like, "I'm coming for the world title." It was like, well, "Why would you? Why would you get rid give of up that? our title you've already got for that?" Or we were thinking, "Why would they not have him lose the belt to somebody?" But I can see now well. why they've done that because if he'd still got the TV title, they'd want to get it off him at some point. Yeah. And you, you can't have your title. world champion losing, of course. Now, he beat MJF at World's End, but how did it go down? So what happens is, main event time, mm-hmm. we had show in terms of World's yeah, End. Yeah, I love yeah. it. But the last three matches were all bangers. Um, MJF, he's sort of, he's plodding along. He's got his shoulder in, all taped up and really damaged. Mm-hmm. Joe basically dominates the whole match. Yeah. But MJF basically manages to fight back towards the end. The ref has his usual ref main event bump. That's very common right now. They do like it, yeah. <laughs> MGF low blow Samoa Joe. Then gets up for an F5 of all I things. Couldn't I couldn't believe like, it. I was just like, what is going on? Injured shoulder. He's got Samoa Joe who... Big boy. He's a big boy. Um, MGF is injured. It's the end, of, towards the end of the match. 
you know, you, he's like tired. It's 20 minutes, in, 20 minutes yeah. in. He's got an injured shoulder. He's also got other injuries that we're just not aware of. Like, because he's, he's been on this run that his body's yeah. breaking down on. I think Flyful Select described it as a plethora of injuries. It's a plethora. He's got a plethora of injuries. And he gets Samojo up for an F5. Didn't think that would happen. And then, but that's meant to be it. So he makes the cover. He's got the visual pin. Bryce Remsburg is unconscious, and then he's suddenly not unconscious, but he's really slow. Yep. One, two. Joe kicks out. I'm just like fuck. Adam, Adam Cole is at ringside. Get me the dynamite diamond ring. Adam Cole, as we'll get to later. He takes ages. He's like, oh my god, I can't find it. And yep. then, just as he does get it, Joe gets him in the coquina clutch. MDF tries his best Bret Hart escape, is what I call it, where he tried to do the... Ro- the rollover into all, the, the... Yeah, yeah the pin. pin. And Joe traverses it back in the Kahina clutch. And then... Which was, was really nice, because Joe has succumbed to that pin so, so many, many times. times yeah. Like, so many times. And it always feels like, why doesn't he just... He's bigger. He could use the momentum... Just to fuck them off. To, yeah. just, just grab him. You're in a pin. Release. Yeah. You know, you, you know it... it it feel, felt smart from his to just keep it locked in. Like, yeah. don't let go. Um, so it was a really nice sort of back and forth kind of finish with F5. With yeah. the dyna- Adam Colden, the, well, where is it? MGF didn't look weak. No, no. And then it was sort of, but but Joe looks strong as well. Because, I mean, yeah. but in somewhat of a rarity, he actually wins when they put, pick the arm up and drop it three times. I was surprised. I was really surprised we got that as the finish. I didn't think it was the finish at first because... I thought they fucked up. Because his third arm lands on, like, Joe's knee. Mm -hmm. And I remember, because I was in the office with Jack King watching it, and we're sort of like, huh? Uh And then Remsburg's like, they just calls for the bell, basically. We're like, okay. It felt like they fucked up a little bit. I think it was done to keep MJF having a claim to be like, my arm didn't go go down. down. You You know, I was screwed over. And you can keep him being like, well, I deserve my title back. I would have won if it wasn't for Adam Cole not passing me my dynamite ring when he had it. And it was a nice callback to that Wardlow moment when Wardlow forgot to give him the ring. And that was the downfall of MGF in that punk match. He should get rid of that ring. Become a liability at times. Five years in a row he's won it, isn't it? (laughs) Literally every year, isn't it? Yeah, and no one else has won it. Yeah, he'll win it again this year, surely. (laughs) That'd be his return match, wouldn't it? God, I bet he was out all year. Um, but so with with the injuries and obviously as we've mentioned, yeah. we sort of thought, mm, is Joe really winning? But then basically Dave Meltzer revealed the plan all along. It was for Samoa Joe to win. Even if MJF had been in the peak of physical fitness, he was dropping the belt here. He was always going to drop it here. It's interesting because we both, having said it already here now, we didn't expect Joe to be the one to take the belt off MJF. There's so many other people. Cole was probably one that I think a lot of people, I myself, going in the summer, Cole's the guy to take it off him. Yeah. Obviously, he's injured. But if this was the plan all along, when, we when, don't know, when, what was the point yeah. of some uh, certain things? Joe taking it, though, that lineage of that belt already. Oh, it's cracking, isn't it? In, uh, minus some back and forth shenanigans with Punk and Moxley, the names on there... Jericho, Omega, Hangman, Moxley, Punk, now Even Joe, Joe, MJF. Yeah. Like, that's an insane lineage for your first five years of the company, which is unfathomable. Five, six years ago, you go go back and go, oh, there's going to be a secondary company, but a secondary, you know, not a secondary, but a second company. Yeah, you're going to have competition for the first You're going to have competition, and you're going to have yes. all of these guys be champ. 
Insane. You're just like, okay. Like, Jericho, you could probably understand, but like, if I'd have gone, like, imagine saying 2019, oh yeah, Samoa Joe is going to be the champion of this company, you'd be like, well, something's gone on there. It's Samoa Joe, CM Punk, MJF. Uh, yeah. You wouldn't know any of the, like, one of them, yeah, he's not coming back to wrestling. One of them, you wouldn't know. Yeah, MJF, you'd be like, that guy uh, in MLW? Yeah, and then Samoa Joe, a guy who's close to, you know, who seemed to be close to the end. retirement and is yeah. sort of dancing with that idea of becoming a coach. And he, here he is with world champ. Because in reality, like, the peak of Joe's career is basically now, 20 years ago, then about five years later, 2009. Up, in, up until the ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Up until, his TNA run was great. Him in TNA with Angle and everything up until You make all the Daniels and Style stuff. Good, yeah. right? Then the ninjas happened. And the nation of violence with the the weird tattoo. Yeah, I, I was paint. thinking the weird tattoo. But I didn't know what the whole shtick was. And the called. trousers that weren't like it was a weird era for Joe. But this is this is not <laughs> this, a weird era for Joe. Weird, I mean, in, in terms of going forward, Joe mentions in the post the the, the post show scrum was just basically going, "How do you feel?" It's like, "Yes, I'm very happy." And then yeah. he goes, "Who are you going to wrestle?" He goes, "I like to batter swerve." I like the batter hangman. I'll batter Twitter trolls as well. I'll batter anybody. Yeah. And then we're getting a new AW World title belt. If you head to cultaholic.com, you can, you can find out you can more. You can, you can see, see it. it. And basically, MGS had the triple B, the Burberry belt. And that's going in the bin. We're going to get... There's not that many changes, really. The, the logo is now going to have a black background. Yeah. It's going to have custom side plates. And I think the leather's now slightly more black. Yeah, it, it looks kind of... On a first look at it, it looked like a sticker on top of the belt, the logo. <laughs> yeah. I'm slowly coming around to it a bit more, seeing what it looks like. I'll let you see what it looks like on the wrestler. Exactly. I think it'll look really good on Joe. Yeah. I think it'll, it, he will make that belt look good no matter what, because it's effortless. Him having the belt over his shoulder and not touching it, it just stays there. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. does he do it? Yeah. You know, we I've tried it with the AW, our Cultaholic Predictions Championship. Our shoulders are big enough. Exactly. Um, what, it, what would he do? Is it even more chocolate and do some exercise? And be Big Joe. Big Joe. Um, so the triple B, it wouldn't fit anyone else but MJF. Thankfully, they're getting rid of that one. Joe will look good with a new belt. I like the idea of the custom side plates. Yeah. Just add a bit of personality. A bit of personality, which is weird because, what, five years ago when WWE introduced them, I think everyone was going, went, oh, no. oh, God. Yeah. Just give us a nameplate. But this is a nice set. Uh, also, it's the new logo. Because their old they, logo they did had change. the it had the scratches in it. Scratches. It was more grungy. Now it's this completely one clean. It's blocked. Yeah, because because they sent us an email said, "Please use the new logo." Yeah. We sent them to you. We're like, "Thank you." Thanks, AW. Yeah, we like you. We like thanks, you. Thanks for sending us the new logo. Yeah. Well, but Joe's title would basically coincide to something in AW, and that we've just had the Cottonell Classic. Yeah. Um, was was an excellent tournament, really. I mean, Eddie Kingston wins, and we all go that that was the perfect ending. Yeah. A um, lot, lot of really good matches, but the ratings, so, like Collision's ratings have been a bit poor all year, really, but they've put the Continental Classic on, the ratings have gone up, um, ratings have stayed steady on Dynamite, like the sort of always are. Yeah. Um, the product has been better, if anything, like this, the sort of Continental Classic stuff has sort of shown a bad light on all the sport entertainery stuff they've yes. been doing. Which is strange, because like they've obviously have been leaning more to that sports entertainment aspect of it, with a little bit more... Uh, zaniness and uh, quote unquote fun yeah, in like their in their segments. Very much of the world title scene as well. And I think that's maybe a bit detrimental. MGF obviously has been sort of pioneering his storylines. He said that openly himself that a lot of the things he's been doing it's his idea. It's his ideas, and that worked for him. But it's quite clear that the audience 
really connected with the, uh, the Continental Classic. Yeah. And it didn't mean that there was no storylines because it made sense. You but know, you had Daniel Garcia trying to overcome everything. It was just more that. subtle and more storylines. Like, basically, people who sort of watched New Japan and would have grown up with these, like, elite characters and mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff. It's basically what we got at the start of AEW. With the, with the rankings. Yeah. And I think that's where what maybe under Joe, as world champ, it might feel people will have to earn. It's not just going to be a case of... Oh, um, you're you're a dick to you me. You stole Mojo. my sock. Yeah, like you. Oh, Joe, you bumped into me backstage. You're a dick. Right, now we're gonna have a match. It can be a case of Joe's the top dog. The You've one. got. I mean, he name dropped all the challengers as you said. Hangman Page, Swerve Strickland. It, you know, it, Danielson was another option that, in my mind, works. Yeah. Imagine that match. It's probably the perfect time to not bring back a Tomo because I've just had one. But like the Casino Ladder match. Like, Joe, yeah. when Hangman won it, only shot against Kenny. Yeah. Like, don't do it straight away, because, I mean, the next pay-per-view is in Revolution. Yeah, but then you've got the face of the Revolution ladder match there. Ah, shit, you do, don't So you've got that, and I think it's it's a nice way to do it, though, and you have you qualifiers. Yeah, yeah. You don't have, it doesn't have to be a tournament. It's just a qualifier match. Yeah. And you can have that sort of, you know, you try and go up in the rankings. I think that's, for me, they need the rankings back. Under this dual reign, I'm, I'm, like, uh, keep it because imagine being swerve. a mess happened as well at times as well. Because I mean, support this you like some of the bits that you've had is some of the matches have just sort of felt put on the show. Yes, when I'm thinking if you've got the rankings and go, hey, it's third against fifth. Whoever wins is going to be first. Yeah, like, it, it's it or or whoever's in third will become number one contender, but fifth will well then just go straight over the field that's in third. Yeah, so it, you know it does add that that new dynamic, and I think that would be a really really fun way to keep Joe's title reign fresh and have interesting matches, especially when he's coming from Ring of Honor as a history. Yeah, of like the promotion for this work rate and stuff like that. And it's clear that the Continental Classic connected with the people, the audience is wanting to see that style of thing. So this, you know, we've, we've, we're now getting into a wee bit of critique of, of AEW's content, but I think that's just what resonates with us. Yeah. And why we're so hyped to see Joe win because he came up and went, I lost my number one contendership. I then became really fucking good. <laughs> I've got my title match back. And, and then he won the belts. It was simple storytelling without too much of the shenanigans and stuff we did get them which we'll get on to in a minute yeah but it was something that was very exciting to see joe go and, up the ranks and joe now feels separate from the shenanigans as we'll get to yes he does but um basically this a, will be the stuff going forward is tody khan um someone that we know is a big fan of samojo okay and he writes in a telegram was received from the base of mount fuji dated january 3rd 2024. Is it Wrestle Kingdom, is he? Yeah, oh yes, oh yeah. <laughs> Hurrah! Another year. Surely this one will be better than the last. The inerexable march of progress will lead us all to happiness. Why, it seems like only last week it was 2023, and now we're on the road to the best event of the year, the Royal Rumble. Apologies to Wrestle Kingdom. And then on to WrestleMania XL, an event which will mark 31 years since I stopped watching wrestling for the first time. Dead soon, <laughs> can't wait. Hope, you're all, hope you lot are all okay. I am. A Samoa Joe is champion, and that is absolutely brilliant. Later's Randall Kilbride. Fair enough. So that was from the desk of Jack Atkins. I mean, because Jack Atkins, he was doing the results article um, yes. from his home in Liverpool. And when Joe won, he basically showed me just going, yes. He so would be loving it. He's loving it. I mean, how can you not be a fan of Samoa Joe, really? Exactly. So I needed to get that one in there while we are talking about Samoa Joe, but I interrupted you saying Tony Khan was speaking... Yes. World's end. So, ahead of World's End. It's basically that 
with all the Continental Classic stuff, AEW's product going forward will be a lot more like it was in 2019. Yes. Uh, more sports-based. He's basically said, hey, I, I, I caught a little classic. That was an experiment. And guess what? You all really liked, liked it. it. <laughs> so we're, we're going to keep doing that. But quite funnily, he did it at the same time as he went, and now we shall go to the sports entertainer, Tony Storm. <laughs> but you've got to have a bit of bollocks. You do. I, I'm intrigued, Variety. Though, if this is, as we've just been mentioning, and, and in that quote, he says, you know, this is going to influence the product. New Japan get away with having multiple tournaments each year. Yeah. You know, you've got your G1. Bloody AW does. They do as well, but like, they've got, New Japan's got the G1, they've got the Super Juniors, you've got the Tag League. New Japan Cup. You've got New Japan Cup. Super Junior Tag League. If you had the regular tournaments, so you've got the Continental Classic towards the end of the year. Yeah. Then March, post-revolution, you get, I think a face of the revolution changed that to be a face of the revolution tournament. Yeah. And then you've got your challenger for double or nothing. And that's your that's your main title challenger coming out the face of the revolution. That's how it's decided, yeah. How it's decided. And then if you want a tag team tournament, do that in the summer. I think it's over. I thought they'll ever do a tag tournament, but they probably should because they've got a lot of good tag teams. They've got teams. a lot of good tag teams. It's the problem is the trios belt, because we had one for that. And that went yeah. down well, but then that's eliminated quite a few of the tag teams. Yeah, but I mean, you could do a bit of both. But I'm thinking like they've just, well, I haven't signed the Von Erics, but they've got a pair appearance deal. Yes. But you could go, hey, we've got, he has 10 teams. Summer to do it in the summer. Like, summer. Because yeah. you could do your other stuff. Get it over, and then you could have Collision be, if you want to see the tournament matches, you've got to make sure, you know, if you want to keep up to date, it, you've yeah. got to watch it. I'm trying Not to all of them have well. to be round robin as well. Like, yeah, it could just be face the revolution, elimination. single elimination. But yeah. a tag tournament, imagine a, a tag team round robin. That'd be fun. That'd be really good. Even if it's eight teams. Yeah, just do two two four-block teams, both winners face each other in a final. There you go. Winner becomes number one eight contender. Eight weeks of programming. And then you do where the winner, like, let's just say, is they earn the title shot for all-in. Because you've sort of got that little in-between space between Forbidden Door and all-in, where you've got them Even better, all-in, you get the final of the tag tournament, all-out. Oh, you've yes. Got, you've got the... You've got the Ooh, title yes. match. Tony Khan, why are you, why are you having good Tony, us you jobs? need to be listening to this. <laughs> We've got, you know, and even now, you've got a new tag team in the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. Not really new, but yeah. they're a new thing Mike currently going forward because of what happened at the end of World's End, which you're about to tell me about right now. Which we'll get to, yes, immediately. So the devil. He's appeared. He's appeared. He's not wearing a mask anymore. No. Uh, we, we find out, heading into the show, that we're going to find out who the devil is. Mm -hmm. The devil has been terror terrorizing MJF oh, yeah. the last, what was it, three, four months? About, so wait. It was too long either way. August was all in. September, it was probably about mid-September, start of October. Yeah, like maybe maybe just after Grand Slam. Yes, it was prior to Cole's injury. Was it? Or was it? Was it? Was no. that the week after? It was week, I think yeah. it was just after. Yeah. Either way, it's been months. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, he's been terrorizing them, Jeff. He took out the acclaimed of Billy Gunn. He took out Hangman. Yep. He took out the well, Bullet Club right at the start, yep. actually. He took out MGF. Took out MGF. Took out some more Joe, but of course we then find out um, Joe is in cahoots with the he devil. He was. He was in bed with the devil. In bed, because the, the devil's masked men, um, through helps of Samoa Joe, beat MGF for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles. Indeed. So MGF loses the title. We all think, right, the reveal's coming now. Yeah. And it indeed was coming because 
Adam Cole and MJF having a sad moment, just like I tried so hard. Adam's like, you you did try so hard, yeah. mate. It's really sad. Yeah. Then they all appear from under the ring. MJF protects his friend. Mm-hmm. The the Devil's minions, there's four of them. They all come in, hold back Cole, hold back MJF. They all just beg, good. No, no, hit me. Hit me instead, Don't hit yeah. him. Hit me. And the lights go out. All like, oh, what's gonna happen? Then about. He said, I'll get this in a minute, but I'm always amazed how, the, how they manage to move around when it's so when dark. It's dark. Yeah. Have you been in an arena when it, they've done no, that? No. Okay. That's I'll the problem. Talk to you soon. Um, <laughs> and it was so lights come back on, and MGF's there, sat looking up, and Adam Cole is on the Head chair down. looking down. He's got the four minions either side. They all take their masks off. It's Roddy Strong, yep. Mike Bennett, Matt David, and Wardlow. Um, Adam Cole has a little smirk. MJF goes, how could you do this to me? Heartbreaking. And Roddy Strong comes in a brutal knee, Wardlow powerbomb. In his hometown of Long Island, MJF is down and out and has his best friend betray him. Yeah. I thought it was quite an effective reveal. Yeah. It was like some, you know, it was what we expected, right? We expected Adam Cole. It was the most obvious choice. It was a weird journey along the way, though. But it was. Yeah. It was like, who could they reveal as the devil that would make sense and not make people disappointed? I feel like, yeah, that, that was the big thing. It was how do they pay off this angle without it being sort of infamous? Yeah. And they did it in a way where you sort of went, okay, that was a happy ending. Well, and I, happy, think, I think with Adam Cole, happened. it worked because there was little hints that it was cold Especially when he took out Paige and White looking back now. Looking back now, you know, taking out um, the acclaimed because they're actually... They're, they're Max's friends. Yeah. Someone getting close to Max that Cole wants to Distance. alienate and yeah, isolate yeah. Uh, MJF. Um, you also have the little bits where it's like the devil mask in his locker room at All In. It's on his side. You've got when he was in the ring and the lights went out, he does something in his pocket and the lights go out and the thing plays on the Titan Tron. Oh, I didn't see the thing in the pocket. So the, when he was on Dynamite a few weeks ago, he sat in the ring on a chair. Yeah. He does some movements down his side. And then the devil plays. Devil plays on the screen. Lights mm. go down. So it was, there's little hints that it was him this whole time. It's a nice little reveal. MJF looks distraught in that moment. Like, it's his best friend, the one person in the world that he trusts. Yeah. And Cole's ruined it. The only thing I was disappointed, I was really wanting an actual mask reveal. As opposed to just him sat in the chair. Sat in the chair. Because he does hold the mask up, but that, that's it. He's got it in his pocket. But like, and I don't know how they would have done it because he was already ringside. The that's twist that's is, the problem, isn't it? Yeah. Because if... Because if, part of the argument is, is he costs MGF the title by flubbing trying to get the ring. Yeah. And it would look daft if he's struggling in the ring and they're all about to attack him. Lights go on. Lights come back on and he's got a mask on and he pulls it off. That <laughs> yeah. would look stupid. Yeah, 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 it would. Yeah. So I can understand why they didn't, but a, a cool moment of you know, I mean, his name's, Aust- his name's Austin in real life. It was me, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it would have been a little fun sort of um, moment to have him reveal himself like that, but I can see why they went the way they did. Um, although, I don't think we're going to get much payoff to this right now. No, um, Cole's still injured. Like, yep. like his injury's legit. Um, we don't really know when he's going to be back. We don't think it's going to be any time soon, but he might not be necessarily the issue because he's obviously going to be on TV anyway. Yep. Um, the issue is, of course, is MGF's got his total labour, the plethora of injuries. Mm-hmm. Fightful Selecto said he's going to be off TV for a while. It's either immediately following World's End or he might appear on Dynamite in a surprise tonight yeah. or something. Yeah. Uh, but he's going to be off TV for a while. What, what Dave Meltzer said is the total labour is that 
you can either rehab it or he has to go undergo surgery. He hasn't yes. picked yet, but the, the best option is probably surgery for the long-term career aspect, but he'll be out for a while, like a long time if he has the surgery. Yeah, the surgery for that would probably put him out. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure, but you would imagine the better part of until, this year. Until at least the summer. Yeah, so like you're you're, you're delaying that. Rehab, we don't, you, you know, that's leaving it up to chance really of going. Like what if it goes again? Is it going to get better? We're not sure. Um, but yeah, it won't be happening immediately, this this rivalry. And obviously, MGF now being taken off the roster page. It's They're still teasing this bidding war thing that we all know is it's rubbish, a lot yeah. of shit, you know? Yeah, like he's off the roster page. Um, he's, he's done the whole bidding war thing for like 18 months now, <sighs> at least. a bit too long. And then it... <laughs> but, he did the interview, I think it was with Sports Illustrated in December, where he was like, no, no, I'm, I'm still not signed. And everyone, but it, it got to the point where at first it was kind of fun and all that, but everyone just sort of went, Jesus Christ, how are you still yeah, doing even, it? Even reports, I think it was Fightful, had said, uh, apologies if I'm wrong, but saying that WWE haven't had talks with them. Yeah, so, so Fightful did say that WWE haven't had talks, and WWE basically was like, yeah, we think he resigned. Well, he resigned 20, ages ago. When he came back in 2022, he was like, he resigned then. Yeah. Nick Houseman said the same thing, yep. basically, that he's he's been resigned since he returned. And he's, he's been so positive about AEW it's and very his much role changed, in yeah. AEW. And it's, I mean, you could look at that and be like, well, that's his character now. He's a face. He's now embraced the fans. And obviously, he's the, he took pride in being champion now, which he didn't previously. So maybe that there's there's that aspect of it. But also, it's quite clear he is staying with the company, at least at least for another few years. For another few years, um, I, mean, I don't think we'll get the match until all in. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking in that. 2024 is basically going to be MGF versus Adam Cole in terms of that's what they'll be doing. If neither of them got injured, I feel it would be the title picture. Yes. But because that was that was the one criticism that some people have levied at it, and that why didn't he just turn it a bit all in if he wanted the belt? He should have really. Yeah. He should like <laughs> you had Roddy come out, be like, because it's all set up that like, he can turn on him. Then here's here's your turn. Like turn on him, win the belt. I feel actually do agree. It think it would have been more satisfying him doing that then, and the, on the grandest stage, MGF's finest moment, being the main event of Wembley. And then losing to his best friend who turned Who's on betrayed him. him, yeah. And then that would have been a really, really impactful moment of like, right, and then you give MJF some time off and come back and it'd be like, look, my contract's running out, but I have a vendetta yeah. against this guy. Now we're not going to get that. but Because it's a weird thing, because I remember all in the time, I was like, we all sort of expecting a turn when the state together was like, because the crowd goes mad when they stay together. Yeah, and they hug at the end. And it was really hot at the time, but I think in, in hindsight, it just sort of, I mean, cause injury hasn't helped. Yeah. And it, basically the devil stuff went on a bit long, but in hindsight, they maybe should have just done it at all in. Uh, yeah, and I mean, obviously... But, but hindsight's 2020, isn't it? Hindsight's 2020. We've had some... And, and then also, going back to the first story, we wouldn't have had Joe win the belt. That's true. Uh, or at least not how it happened. Because that's what we're thinking. It's like, how do they get a Joe... And then, did they just have MGF beat Cole? I assume so. Yeah. I assume that would... O unless they just keep it going. Like, unless the plan all along is that Cole costs him. He's not bothered about the world title for some reason. Yeah. Costs him the match against Joe. And instead of... He's made Max lose everything. Yeah, that could be like the argument. Like, he's... Everyone that's there. Because the argument will be is, like, why does he hate him so much? But I think part of it could be just that he's there to string him along the whole time. Yeah. Just break it, I'm sure we will get some explanation. We're taping this before Dynamite. We'll get it um, all tonight, won't we? We might get it all tonight. So by the time this actually goes out, you might have the context for that. But where we are sat just now, we don't... 
and we're I'm I'm optimistic to oh. see Cole because Cole can cut promo. And not even that, they would have it'll all be planned out. Why? Yeah. Like exactly. from the start, really. Um so we'll we'll, we'll wait in uh bitty breath for that one, but I think it's it's gonna be good. Joe is champ, MJF recovering, hopefully it's a speedy recovery. Adam Cole, hopefully on TV regularly to also uplift Roddy Strong, Roddy them, Wardlow, yeah. and the Kingdom. I see. I saw a lot of people laughing at Matt Taven and Mike Kanellis being involved. Because, what was they called? It mid card mafia. Yeah, which is a bit unfair because they're a very good team. But but it's the perfect faction. Your faction needs a top guy. Yep. It needs a muscle. It needs a mid card guy. Poor Roddy's brilliant, but that's what he is. Yeah, and you need a tag team. But right now, strange twist of fate. Roddy Strong's brilliant. St- strange twist of fate, though. Adam Cole's now a manager. Like, oh, no. where, where is Keith Lee? You know? So he's he's the manager for the group. So Roddy can be that main event guy. Yeah. You know, and eventually, when we don't know the deal that Joe made with the devil, hmm. maybe Cole, when he's healed, gets that title. Gets a title shot. Gets yeah. the title match. Um, I, I feel like the next guy to take the belt from Joe is Swerve. I think Swerve. But I mean, we all predicted last month that it was going to be, going Swerve, to be Swerve and Osprey and all in. I still think it's going to be. Yeah. I still think it's going to be. So that totally leaves a... Well, you could do it where... Cole gets the shot on MGF costs him. As his return. Yeah. That would be a good way to do it. Double or nothing. If he can even make an appearance. By then, Maybe yeah. not even go. Just re- uh, reverse yeah. of what happened. He comes out with an angel. Yeah, the angel the MGF. Devil. God makes his way to the comes ring. Comes out with people that Adam's got no issues with. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, come on. Yeah. Come to the ring. Instead of everyone that he, he's wronged in the past. His mother comes down. Come yeah. On. So that, you know, that will be uh, one to keep an, eye, keep on. an eye on. But we're staying with World's End just now. And um, like, it's, a, it's a tougher story. Yeah, it was it, it was a weird show heading in, especially because, I mean, the whole day beforehand, is, there's something big going on on Twitter. Yes. And it all ultimately leads into... The match where Chris Jericho, he's teaming with Sammy Guevara, Sting in one of Sting's final ever matches. Yeah. Darby Allen there taking on Takeshita, Powerhouse Hobbs, Big Bill and Ricky Starks. Yeah. Um, Chris Jericho, some people sing Judas, but it's mainly booze. A little bit mixed. It was the most mixed we've seen it, yeah. even when he was heel. Yeah. Like people still sang along. Yeah. And then just, but it became overly negative not, not overly that's the wrong word um, overwhelmingly negative that's the yes, right word overwhelmingly in that it was the boos are just raucous and and there's NDA chance please someone had a sign there was straight world's, behind the hard cap world's NDA world's NDA and this all ultimately stems from the 24 hours before all uh, world's end even and Nick Houseman he's uh, I forgot what he's, what's his show House called? of Wrestling and it was rumour and innuendo rumour and innuendo with WWE creative-ish so he doesn't, like, say anything, like, he doesn't provide evidence. He, in vague terms, um, Alleg- refers to something that he's heard of, and it's all allegedly. Yeah. But he does refer to something in a comparison. I'll let you read the yeah. quote. So this is a quote uh, by Russell Pierce, but what Nick Houseman says is, there are issues with Chris behind the scenes where there's a lot of people who have been hurt by Chris and his actions. It's very uncomfortable to me to see him lauded as often as he is, with only the focus on that, because I do think there's a lot of questionable stories about Chris that will find their way out over time when people are ready to tell those stories. That will cast him in a very different light. Look, Harvey Weinstein won a lot of Oscars. Harvey Weinstein produced a lot of popular movies. Harvey Weinstein is now in jail. 
I'm not saying that is going to happen to Chris, but the narrative can very quickly turn if you're hiding a lot of skeletons. And it's, uh, it is a, sh- a shocking quote in the sense of... Um, he's compared him to Harvey Weinstein. He's compared him to Harvey Weinstein, which, uh, you know, there's a, hist- there's a lot of things there, and it's quite a loaded statement. People instantly make uh, assumptions on that yes. because of how loaded because that comment is. Because of what he was convicted is. of. Exactly. So uh, the, the, it was a very... I don't want to say... Well, I guess it is a dangerous statement to make without your uh, without backing. It's all allegations. It's all alleged. But this did spread online very quickly. To me, it felt like a thing that you might say in private because you might have heard some stuff, but I don't think you necessarily say it on a podcast. Yeah. I, that is just my personal opinion. I think, yeah. It also, when he's using Harvey Weinstein's name there, he's obviously using it as a comparison. He might. We don't know what the... Allegations, allegations are. are what Nick Hausman has heard, um, but he's using that there just as a comparison of look, this person in the public eye was very very successful. People liked them for a very very long time publicly, but behind the scenes there was issues. I think he could have been a lot smarter in the way he worded this. It was a very very silly way to do it when you're podcasting yeah. and you're in the public eye. You're making a comment about someone, and that's going to get picked up online, which it did. Um, so what happens immediately following this? Um, it gets picked up. It goes viral, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, told my Twitter feed wasn't leading into World's End. Right. The 30th was was constantly that. I remember logging onto the work chat and it being like, oh, great. This is something. Yeah. Something's brewing. We've got to keep an eye on it. Yes. And then it was basically a separate Twitter account basically brings up like, I mean, Nick Houseman never says that, but the, the yeah. person basically assumes going, oh, he must be in reference to this, which is yeah. an alleged incident between Chris Jericho and former AEW talent Kylie Ray. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the incident in, its, in itself, um, the, the sort of like speculated rumor is that Kylie Ray was invited to a meeting with lots of different yes. people. Yes, so the, the, the excerpt that I saw was that Kylie Ray was invited as a meeting with multiple people in a hotel room um, to discuss an unknown topic. Yeah. When she got there, it was allegedly only Chris Jericho. Yeah. And a, in the, the comments that were on there, it allegedly made a pass. Yeah. This then, according to the report, according to that statement that led to her... Kylie Ray sends a heart in yeah. the reply. Uh, Nick Houseman then puts a heart to Kylie Ray's heart. Which... Then, when people on Twitter see these two comments, they link them together. Went, oh, but people automatically assumed, oh, it must be true. Yes. And then it, it went from there, basically. Now, we don't know whether it's true or not. We know nothing, Everything basically. in terms, yeah, pretty much. But in this context, obviously, you want to believe um, any victims. That's, that's the that's And the you want to treat it, it with... It? with respect that it deserves because it's a very um it's a horrible thing horrible horrible topic and if there is truth to it which we're not sure especially in wrestling what you've had the last sort of four years now you've had speaking out and everything else exactly you want to make sure that regulations and and safety procedures are followed and that mm, there's not misinformation and that's a very tough thing to do when on twitter when a comment comes out then a reply to a different comment and then instantly twitter goes that's linked that's true that's there yeah where it, it needed to be and i think again this goes back to nick hausman's quote i think it needed to be a bit more curated a little bit more revised 
and shouldn't have said it unless he was reporting. Yeah, he should have just said it on a podcast as a throwaway thing. As a throwaway thing. Um, clearly, there, you know, there's some. He's heard something. Yeah, I clearly know something. He knows something, and it sh- he should be reporting that on. It has got people asking questions. That is true. And Kylie Ray clearly uh, coming out with a, a heart to the statement. That was her commenting. I just don't know if we're ever going to know the full I don't think we'll know story. the full extent, no. But where, where this goes, basically, is or gets gets booed. Yeah. Um, and basically, we're all sat for the media scrub thinking, this is the big question yeah. that needs to be asked. Yeah. And it, th- there's a first question. T- Tony Khan ridiculously is sat there with the hat that Tony Storm has put on with the sunglasses. And I believe it's it's the editor-in-chief of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I'm sorry, I've got no idea what his name yeah. is. Uh, but he, he doesn't ask directly about Kylie Ray, but he asks what AEW does to protect talent and mm-hmm. sort of um, what investigation like they have set up. Yeah. Tony Khan basically just says that AEW is the safest company in the world and they've got the best track record on safety. Um, and that if, basically if anyone's got a complaint, they can go to him. Um, they're an open door. And later in the scrum, when Tony Khan's by himself, yeah. um, USA Today do directly ask him about the Chris Jericho. Tony Khan says he's not going to um, talk about unsourced internet rumours, is the quote. Which... I can understand. He does this two more times as well. He does, yes. I can understand that perspective on it. I think Jericho should have been pulled from the show because of... It was just a distraction, wasn't it? It was a distraction. And and it's one of Sting's final matches. Correct. And when allegations of any sort, as I was mentioning, there needs to be some procedures followed. An allegation came out against him. Yes. It was very, very public. There is questions he need to be asked. And there should have been an investigation externally and Tony Khan should have addressed that and gone we're looking into it not Chris Yarko's just wrestled a match and we brought a lot of, which brought a lot of negative attention to the company um, and should have it should have been he should have gone we will we will be looking into it not I'm not going to comment yeah. on unsourced internet rumours because that just adds more fuel to the the fire instead of just going we're looking into it this is a process you know and because but the, the point of view of Tony Khan basically was just a dismiss it out of hand essentially which doesn't seem very one in line with his comment about the best track record at safety i not to shit on tony Khan or AEW because i really really enjoy the company and and what they're producing especially but, at the moment but we're only four months away from him saying he felt like his life had been threatened exactly he fe- feared for his life so the, those two comments don't line up for me yeah um it did feel like it was a case of he didn't quite know how to tackle that question. Maybe, and I think... But part of that goes back to maybe a little bit of media training because, I mean, the, the little example that we have is uh, heading into Fastlane, the talent and Triple H knew what... It's a completely much smaller topic, yes. but it's what if they get asked about CM Punk? Basically, Triple H has a prepared statement that mm-hmm. he knows exactly what to say. So, like, whoever's meant to be, like, media relations, a PR guy, should have basically gone, you're probably going to get asked about this. This is what to say. That's what you need to say. And I think that also comes down to the fact that the PR guy had to run in and take the hat and glasses off. Especially don't say it while you've got a hat and glasses on and look like... Look ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Obviously, Tony Khan, um, he's done some good things, a lot of good things in wrestling, providing an alternative product. Not perfect. Not perfect, uh, especially here. Um, I, I agree they needed some media training on that one, especially with such a sensitive topic that the 
the Chris Jericho story is, and if there is NDAs signed, and what are they? Is there no NDAs signed? It, there needs to be an investigation. We need to get to the bottom of this Cause, one. Yeah, because the big not worry gonna... is, what if it just hangs over the company for like months? Yeah. It needs to be cleared up. But um, it's you know it. Obviously, he, he, he the comments we got from the press conference was, "We're a safe company." I'm not commenting on Chris Jericho's situation. Yeah, and, and what we've since had is Nick Houseman's done. Um, he's he's part, well, it's daily podcast yes. episodes all the time, uh, but he's commented on the matter again, so it's cropped back up. Uh, this is second of January, so we're breaking the rules slightly, but we're allowed to. It's, on this. it's linked. Yeah, uh, but he has since said another quote from Russell Puris. I want to be very clear that my opinions of Chris are my opinions of Chris. I've heard a lot of things over the years. I don't personally like Chris Jericho. I think that's pretty obvious at this point. I think there's a lot of issues there. There are other people that when issues come to the surface and can take away from the legacy that they've created. And that is just a concern that I have for Chris. And that is all I ever meant by my comments. And that then elicited a thread, that clip, where other people were starting to move to previous allegations against Chris, sexual misconduct allegations, some of them involving, I hate to say this because I've not personally mentioned her, we have, mm -hmm. um, and I really would like everybody to respect her privacy. So yeah, that's, I can understand Nick Houseman running a little bit of um, damage control on his comments. Yeah. Um, and being like, look, because he rightfully did not name anyone and he has said uh, in tweets, you know, that's not what he was referring to. He was not referring to, as we mentioned, Kylie Ray. Um, it, it was just, the, the way Twitter works though, it was... These things could go like that. Absolutely. One word, and, and you, people and, will take it four different ways. And you've got to know this, basically, as well, haven't you? Again, it comes down to media training. Yeah. It comes down to that at the end of the day. Um, we will obviously be keeping an eye on the Chris Jericho story, as it seems to still be unfolding, as that comment comes um, just at the start of January. So we're like, what, five days? Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, so we will keep an eye on that one. Stay tuned to cultaholic.com, because Aiden will keep you updated on it as anything more develops. But right now, it is all just allegations and hearsay essentially um and aw's trying to bat it away and bat it away but we will we will find out more as that develops but staying with aew and world's end we had i i saw a lot of jokes saying it was a a, a loser leaves aew <laughs> leaves child. and both of them would try and <laughs> yeah try and get dq'd i mean the, the thing that we've covered extensively so the, this story is andrade is gone from aew he is but, indeed uh, what we've covered extensively sort of basically over the year and back when we first did the end of 2022 review yeah 2022? Yes, it's 2024 oh now. Yeah. Oh, so, so long. <laughs> um, we were all just babies then. <laughs> we were, um, we were children. It was basically that year we had it where Triple H comes into power, Chief Content Officer, yeah. which is how all these, all these ex-WWE guys going, hey, do you want to come back, guys? I know you're under contract, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He was trying to get um, them all back in the company. And there's sort of been the thing where there's sort of like a group of talent where the idea is that the rumours are, and the reporters are, they just don't want to be in AW. Um, they feel too big. Yes. They, 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 feel. they feel like they're too big for AW. Whether that's 100% true or not, we don't know. But one of these talents especially felt like um, was Andrade. I mean, what we heard in October 2022 is the reason he punched Sammy Guevara when they had the backstage scuffle was he was trying to get fired so he could go back to WWE. Smart thinking from Andrade right there. You <laughs> I know. mean, it's not, a bad, it's not a bad plan. Other people in the company have been fired for punching their bosses and colleagues. <laughs> but other people 
on the record of that have kept their jobs for, punching, kept their, their, jobs. for punching yeah. their colleagues. It's very true. Very maybe, true. maybe I'll punch Tom and we'll see what happens we'll to that. see. Adam. He yeah. might not be on the next episode of this. <laughs> That's why he's not here. I've, I've decked him. Done. He, he decked you. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, in reality, Tom is on holiday. He did Christmas in reverse. He's been, a, he's been working very, very hard to make sure that you guys get the news. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't get to celebrate anything. He just sat working... <laughs> Just in here eating cold ham on his own straight out the tin yeah straight out the tin that's where old CM Punk's brain went for a weird Punk Vember call back. make sure you listen to all of Punk Vember we did that back in November but we lined it up coincidentally it's like we knew it's almost like we knew it's like we knew he would return to WWE and one name that does as we're talking about it just now looks like he's on his way back to WWE Andrade CN Almas Andrade I hope they bring back the CN Almas nah I, don't, I didn't have like the CN bit did you like him just as Andrade? Andrade. Because I don't yeah. like the Andrade El Idolo. I like El Idolo as being the nickname. Yeah. So Andrade Cien Almas, El Idolo. Yeah. Um, That's too long, man. It is a little bit. But he was he was one that I think a lot of people were unsure what was going on with his contract. Yeah. So at, at the start of the month, it's, so God, like when he first signed, it was like, oh, he's on a three-year deal. Andrade at the time said he was on a three-year yeah, deal. Yeah, he did, yeah. So... At the so start that was 2021? 2021? Yeah. I think May. Maybe. May, it was June. double or nothing. Yeah. Round of that time, wasn't it? No, after. About to move the show after. Yeah. It's early June. Yeah. We heard of Vicky Guerrero, of all people, looking back at it now. Yeah. Um, but what we hear at the start of December from Dave Meltzer is he basically goes, Andrade thinks his contract's up really soon and he's going to go back to CMLL, um, where, of course, he started to have these matches and ultimately he does go back to CMLL. Yeah. Um, has a really good match with Volador Jr. Do you like it? I enjoyed it, yeah. I've not seen it, but is it good? Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, oh, yes. Oh, well big story about CMLL, right? Yeah. So they're also doing like Friday pay-per-views. This is a complete tangent. But it's I right. thought, oh, it's Christmas. I'll order one. So I ordered it, and then they never uploaded it, so I couldn't watch it. So so, so, I spent, so you've paid for a show you can't watch? Yeah. So I spent £3. That's a story right there. And CMLL, scamming it sc- and Scams me. I yeah. have money. The Miracle <laughs> Child can't watch a show on the, on the Miracle Day that it's Christmas. Fortunately, I did get to watch it because Lucha Blog went, ah, they've done it again. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then he put it on his Google Drive, so I watched it there. But oh, what okay. a waste of three pound. Yeah, Could three have saved pound. Three pound. So much it cost. Yeah. That's a bargain, that. Yeah. That but is a premium. <laughs> it's because they're weekly pay per so you just pay three quid. Ah, true. Um, right, that was a complete tangent. But Rest uh, purist and faithful size. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but Andrade had the match. Um has that match, he then flies to World's End, and yep. then the rumblings start heading into World's End, going, Andrade's contract is in fact inspiring at the end of the year, and that um, he's not going to be resigning. Fightful Select have said that on the dynamite before World's End, he informs AW that he won't be sticking around. Mm-hmm. His exit was reportedly less than pleasant and may have involved a major disagreement. Don't know. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know what, what what's going that, on there. Really. Um, it, it, yeah, it was weird because I remember amongst all the Chris Jericho stuff, it was. I think it, actually, I think it was BWE Boozer tweeted out big booze man about how we're going to see a Rick Rude. Now, it wasn't quite. We've not quite had that, but there was an expectation that he would appear. Because yeah, on Raw, it was basically, oh, he's going back to WWE imminently. Yeah, and so he might have already resigned. I and mean, his wife's there, Charlotte Flair. Exactly. So the, the the first sort of tweets I saw was Boozer going, we're going to see a Rick Rude, someone on World's End. The Rock, he was on AEW. He was on AEW. <laughs> um, and then we saw loads of other reports coming out and being like, yep, Andrade is ending his con- or his contract's ending with AEW and he's imminently expected back in WWE. And now this is his last match. And it was so sort of like, hold on a second. <laughs> like, we, we had so much longer. 
yeah. expected on his contract. Like, at least another six months. And then that injury time. I guess, like, like, the injury time bit aspect was sort of like, unless Tony Khan's sort of aware that maybe didn't really want to be there, he just sort of gone, we'll let you go. I wonder now. if there was an option involved in the deal, maybe, or it was yeah. like, it was three years, but you've got an early exit. Because they have had options. That's what happened with Regal, where you had the one-year option, one year option to, to yeah. cancel it, basically. It would be weird to have an option to go six months before your time. Unless... Unless it's just at end of year. Because Sean Spears went at the end of... End of the year. Yeah. So did uh, QT Marshall. Yeah. And was there anybody else? Uh, just backstage people. Fuego last year? Or was no, that was earlier? Summer. Summer, right. Um, well, still, there's a few that have sort of all left around this time. It's kind of the New Japan way of, of doing things with contracts. Yeah, like AEW seems to be sort of end of year, May. Yeah. A little bit in the summer. Yes, or when you've got the real, like odd odd ones in the summer where they pick up random yeah, people yeah. that have been on paper appearances deals. Sort Griff of thing. Garrison, come on in, come on, <laughs> come on in. But Andrade has since confirmed his departure because he did a, a tweet. Yes, he did a, a notes. Yes, thing. Bless him, his spelling is terrible, but I'll, <laughs> I'll do my best reading this. Of course, we'll let off. It is his second language. It is, yes, but he writes, "I want to thank you for this time that I belong to the company at AW and above all to Tony Khan." I also want to say goodbye to all the talent, security people, cameramen, referees, and everyone who works in the company for being part of my time in AEW. Kenny, Young Bucks, Taz, Shivani, Aubrey, Jerry, guess Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn. Hobbs, Hook, Kingston, Ricky, Orange, Thunder, Jack Perry, Austin, Austin Gunn, yep. Colton Gunn, Sanjay, and many more that I can name. Also, how to forget all the Mexicans. Something in Spanish I can't read. Todo el... Ralajo. Yep. I did it. I haven't done Spanish since I was six years old. Ah, neither I've never done <laughs> Spanish. So that was my first attempt. Oh, we we did French in school, what a waste of time. Donde esta? I can say Donde esta la buena la comida. Yeah, I can say Mi amo Aiden. Mi amo. Yeah. Ah we oui. <laughs> <laughs> gracias. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Bean moment there. <laughs> right, there he goes. I enjoyed sharing the room with Sting, Pac, Darby, Garcia. Jay, and many more. I would have loved to have faced Mox, Page, Hobbs, Ricky, Dante, Dante Martin, yep. Cage, Brian. Brian? Brian. Christian? Yeah, could, could be either. Could be either. Actually, yeah, could be either. <laughs> um, Dustin Rhodes. Um, thank you, AW, and thank you to the fans for your support always. I wish you the best always. I mean, the, the statement was a nice statement, yes. but it, there was also a hint of uh, unfulfilled... Potential, yeah. yeah. It was like, well, these are all the matches that he wants to have. Like, he wanted, he would love to have faced all these people. Why not stick around and do that? Yeah. I yeah. think... It was I, a weird run, wasn't it, looking back at it? I think a lot of people had very high expectations of him. He was someone in NXT under Triple H who was instantly felt like a star even when he before he had that main event right. Yeah, so like, like, like even when he was losing like Bobby Roode and stuff like that, you're like, this guy's got something. He's got something. There's a charisma there. He looks the part. He's really good in the ring. Yeah. Um, a match that I've watched so many times is him versus Johnny Gargano from the banger, isn't it? TakeOver. Where Candice LeRae comes in and chases off Selena and all Yeah, that. and like that match, I felt established what Andrade is. He comes in, he's no nonsense, but he can go. Yeah. And you have to watch out for everything he does because you could get hit by a elbow, you could get hit by a knee, you could whatever. And he felt like a star. The downside was he does need someone to cut his promos from because he doesn't speak very good English, you know. And that's kind of part in it. He his part of his presentation. Zelina Vega was quite essential 
in my mind, to his presentation in WWE. Very much so, yeah. In AW with Vicky Guerrero. Didn't work. Didn't work. Chavo, I thought, was fine. Chavo did, but I think... I think having a Guerrero next to him took away from Andrade a little bit. Actually, I, I thought it added to, like, the this is, like, the big Mexican dude. Yeah, but for, for me, it was a case of, like, Zelina. I think also that Andrade's, what, 5'11", 6 foot? Yeah. Having so Zelina next to him tiny. made him look like a giant. really intimidating. Yeah. Having Chavo next to him, who's known for being... Taller than he looks. <laughs> quite, yeah, you know, it's like, okay... That's, uh, it wasn't a pairing that instantly made sense to me. Jose worked. Because, I mean, Jose's been good for Roosh still. Jose was great with him. Um, having him in the faction... Ingobernable. That's the one. Um, that, that's not all the LIJ New Japan train, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Um, was fun, but... It didn't really... It just it stopped, for did him. it? It just stopped. Just stopped like, having... Roosh has just become the leader very much over the last eight months. Right, and then also having him with Matt Hardy... Matt Hardy was... <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. I forgot about the Andrade family office, you know. So, like, there was God, so that's many how the things. debut Jeff. It was, yeah. What a long time ago that was. So, Andrade being stuck with Matt... I feel bad saying stuck with Matt Hardy, but it has been a case. Private Party stuck with Matt Hardy. Yeah. Brother, Brother Zay is yeah. stuck there, and Andrade was kind of stuck in that little small bubble. It was... It's, it God just didn't almighty. make sense. I like, forgot about Andrade family office. He was great in the Continental Classic. But th- this is probably the sad thing in that. His <laughs> best stuff. Like, like he had the thing with Cody where, un- unfortunately, the Cody feud is basically remembered for Cody setting himself on fire. Yeah, and then leaving shortly thereafter. <laughs> yeah, <I was> like, <laughs> what are you doing? Because it was um, right at the time where if people were going, there was some rumbling of Cody's uh, Yeah, Cody's not signed a new contract. Like, I'm trying to think, like, he has the feud of Pac, which is decent. But again, not memorable. No. Um, his most memorable match for me was... When he returned on the first episode of Collision, he has an absolute banger with Bonnie Matthews. That was good. But there yeah. was also the hints at how much does he want to be here? Because, I mean, he literally used Charlotte Flair's finisher. True. Yeah. And it was also, we've also had the mix. I mean, we're glad it kind of didn't happen. Ric Flair was going to come in. As his And manager. was likely going to be paired with him. And you could have that um, influence of Flair on Andrade, which might have... That might have worked as a manager. Might have worked for him. And it was before the allegations from Dark Side of the Ring were, like, repopulacized. I mean, it, it, stopped, it was stopped because of the allegations from Dark Side of the Ring. So, yeah, it might it might have worked. It might have given Andrade that boost. It was just something was always missing. His in-ring work, I think... His, his in-ring work was great throughout his time. At times, it just seemed like he couldn't be arsed. But, yeah, but even for Andrade, when he can't be arsed... It he's was still, still like, good, yeah. That he's really good, but... It's a bit like Shinsuke Nakamura between 2020 and early 23 uh, yeah, yeah. when he went off to Japan to face Muta. <laughs> just like, he just wants to go surfing. He, he's there, you know, he like, was there because he's not in the other companies. Yeah, like Andrade is good, but he wants to go back to Dividend. Everyone knows it. Yeah, because I, I think as soon as Triple H took over the, the WWE... Andrade would be treated like her. That was the thing as well in that. We know Paul Heyman is like involved in Roman Reigns stuff. Paul Heyman, when he was in charge of uh, executive director of Raw, Mm -hmm. one of of the people that he had picked was Andrade. It was like Andrade, Malachi Black, Drew McIntyre, Buddy Matthews, some other ones I can't remember. Um, Yeah, but there's a a lot of young talent. Yeah, like there were the new SmackDown 6, essentially. Yeah. And Vince came back in, Andrade went nowhere. Got released in the end. He had a US title reign. 
You know, he was the US champ. Uh, yeah, but, he right. lost, but he lost it to Apollo Crews. Exactly. <laughs> like, and it, it was like a case of, well, this is again a missed opportunity. Whereas he's, his best booking in the past seven years is NXT. Yeah. And we need him on the main, if he's going back to WWE, which looks like it is. I think the Rumble. Rumble return makes the most sense. Come in, have a good showing. Does he join LWO? I think you join him with Santos. Oh, with Santos side? Santos Some side. Something put him with Zelina. Bring him back as a heel. And then you get the conflict from Zelina being like, oh, right. You know, I, I'm torn between my hero, Rey Mysterio, or my best friends. Yeah. You know, my best friend. My friend's friend, friend as well. Yeah. And, and partnering back and the man that she's got history with as... Mm. She was the she success was behind him. Yeah, behind yeah. him. So you think you could have a little fun there, and it also as much, Santos is great. I really like Santos, and I think he, as as soon as I met him at Money in the Bank, I was like, he need he's a star. Like he's got an aura yeah. about him. But him and Andrade, I think you've got a a good competitiveness between them. That either one of them could be in that upper upper talent Andrade I think has a little bit more potential as a main event guy because he's a bit younger yeah he's a little bit younger a little really. bit younger and can um, but he how can't cut a promo he? yeah is whereas he? Santos can how old is Andrade 34 uh, I would say about 35 36 maybe he might be younger uh, Santos is a little bit older I think he's about 38 he's been good for ages Santos yeah he's a fairness. legend uh, pretty much 34 um, so he's thir- Andrade's 34 you can position him him and, and Santos because when there was a clip being shared from the Hall of Fame. Well, they're like, hey, how are you, pal? Where they, they hug and they're so excited to see each other. I think there's a lot of chemistry and a lot of potential there. Santos is 39. 39 for Santos. So you've got... Young up and cover. Andrade versus Ray as a match. Again. Again, but it was good. It's always good. Really it? good. Santos, uh, you know, Andrade versus Carlito. Nah, I don't care. You don't care for that? No. Andrade versus... Um, LWO just in general where they've got the fling off the rope that'll be I saw that oh, did you see the height NXT, he got oh amazing my God. Um, what else could you do but put it, I, I can imagine Andrade doing a little funny thing with Dominic where they're like hey we're good pals I think that'd be good fun. that'd be fun um, there's so many things Andrade could do I mean him versus if you put him on Raw him versus Gunther they won't put him on Raw will they they won't but him versus Gunther for a match but they could for nine months they could do because yeah, Flair's fucked yeah because it doesn't matter where she is yeah She's an old anyway. Either way, let us know what you want Andrade to do in WWE if he does. It's going to be hopefully good. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. But WWE, staying with WWE and contract news... There's a lot of possible WWE signings, re-signings. Yeah, yeah so, from, so from signings to re-signings. Yeah. Bloody loads of them. It's fucking lots So, Because it? it basically all stems from the the Endeavor takeover and then all the, the other shiz where mm-hmm. WWE merges with Go get my UFC. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing it. You're not going to do it? Come on. No. You're good at it. I'll do it when the fucking cl- when Gallows and Anderson start doing something. Actually doing shit, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Minor tangent. They are, they're amazing, aren't they? They get paid to do nothing. They've, they've You've got to respect three, it. Yeah. Four companies and they're doing yeah. that? New Japan, TNA, AEW, yeah. and now WWE. You've, got to, you've got to respect it. Yeah. Making millions. <laughs> All the power to them. Uh, but yeah, so the expectation's sort of coming out of it because for years around UFC had sort of been like with a football team, um, like a soccer, soccer it's team. that um, 70% of the money that the that the earn goes towards player wages. Yeah. Something similar to the NFL and all this. And like UFC, it's like 11%. Mm-hmm. So they're not spending a lot on contracts and sort of, it's about the same in WWE. And sort of the expectation was going, they're going to try and maybe keep the contracts about where they are now, regardless of inflation. Right. But that hasn't been the case. So, and WWE, they don't want free agents in 2024. Um, Little, little bit of a curveball right now around, um, but AW's TV deal is up at the end of 2024. Yep. The curveball stems from that CM Punk went back to WWE. Of course, we had to talk about him somewhere. Got to mention CM, <laughs> CM Punk's back in WWE, guys. Yeah. Um, um, but because of that, it's basically reopened negotiations of Warner Brothers Discovery over the media rights for Monday Night Raw. Um, the sense within the industry is that they wouldn't have Raw and AEW that they could they there, could there wouldn't be a non there wouldn't be an exclusivity clause but one of them would likely be moved off the network that they're currently on and yeah. i think it would be AEW that gets shifted so they so what it would be is if Warner Brothers Discovery does keep both of them does keep both of them sort of that um AEW moved to Discovery which is a weird fit i mean we've seen TNA was once on the like the Nature Channel or whatever it was. That was a Destination America. It was on as well. But I think two twenty nineteen they were on some hunting channel and it yeah, was awful. It was, it was like, weird. I think they were getting like legit like ten thousand viewers. Not good. Um, but that's going on. But the, the expectation will basically because there's all the rumors that Water Bus Discovery has a minority stake actually in yes. AEW. Um, that they're going to get a big increase on the TV right, and this will give Tony Khan a lot more money to spend because they'll basically be profitable. Yes, because I mean, I th- I saw a lot of criticism when those reports about the, how much money they're making or losing. You know, I think it's thirty four million. Thirty four million. Thirty four million in twenty twenty three. Estimated. It's a five year old company, and it's a and it's it's expensive. It's, it's an expensive company, and the revenue is always going up. But just outlet uh, outgoings are expensive. Outgoings are expensive for a five year old company that has make is making as much as it is. Thirty four million is not that much for. Tony Khan. And Tony Khan's got deep pockets. He's so got deep pockets. They can swallow that loss as long as the company doesn't fold. Because in 10 years, not, it might look silly. Like they'll be raking it in. It could be raking it in. And, you know, the WWE, is, as an example, goes through peaks and troughs of when they're making money, but they seem to be on a record breaking. They're just... Like, 
it's very different because a couple of years ago it was that they're making record money, but God, the product's awful. The product's awful. And a- now it's that the product's good and they're making record money. And they're making money. record money. <laughs> AEW also goes through peaks and troughs. Yeah. But they seem to be consistently each year making more money than they did the year before. Very, and- very much so. Revenue-wise, it was $100 million in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year it's $170 million, so $160. they're making more money. As much as people have criticized maybe their gates at house shows, yeah. where their the like attendance Like collision tables poof. Yeah, so or like I should not how shows tapings. Yeah, much of the, the maybe the the audience isn't there in the seats. They're still making money because they're profitable. Yeah, well, not profitable, but they're making more money in profits. They'll, they'll be fine revenue. in the long run. They'll be fine because basically the idea was that if they survive these five years and they get a big increase, they're they're, they're golden basically. Exactly, and, and that, it looks like in general they're going to be. Unless they make massive, it would be seismic if Waterbus Discovery does pick up Raw. Yeah, and there is an increased chance. Yeah, but increased, but I don't think they will. No, the minority stake thing, and I think the idea is Tony Khan has Ring of Honor to sell for more money, and he's got the streaming deal, and th- they've got a good relationship, haven't they? Like, yeah, they're, and they're kind of intrinsically we're, linked. We're already six months with David Sazlav saying, "Can you get me more content?" Pretty much, and but I think do think CM Punk is that big factor of how much they could have made with a new deal with yes. CM Punk on it, which is strange because CM Punk, yeah, he is. We've it's seen he is a needle mover in terms of where the fan attention goes, and w- no matter what he's doing, people are interested. But how much, in monetary terms, would he have boosted that television deal? We don't know. One bill filled but if you for him, yeah. yeah. If he's saying it's one bill filled, if David Zaslav is going. Oh shit! We want we want punk on our show. Yeah. Why? What's? How much is he willing to spend to get CM spend punk. to get CM Punk? And how much is he willing to damage a relationship with a company? Like he's got an already stake. He's got an already stake in. Yeah. Which is, will be an interesting one. But stick with back to the WWE side of things. The, the perception is that AEW will get a TV. They'll have lots of money to spend on free agents. So WWE this year does not want free Doesn't agents. Doesn't want free agents. Completely understand where that's coming from. I hope. Um, all these wrestlers, great thing to be a wrestler in terms of money in the business. Oh, yes. Hope they all get paid. Yeah. Because they're all fucking great. And so over the last couple of months, the ones that we know have re-signed is Selena Vega. Mm-hmm. Maybe Andrade's future manager again. Um, Bailey. Yep. Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio's on a three-year deal. Um, so he'd be there until he's 52 or something Which, like that. for a man who, like Joe... Who was, was done 10 years ago. Done 10 years ago, was inching closer and closer at retirement, was like, great, his knees are gone. Well, look at him now. Yeah. He can, I mean, he's, he's still currently injured, but he can still zip about that ring. He can. Like he's fucking 25. Yeah. It's unreal. Um, um, Dominic, he's had a five-year deal getting paid. And Charlotte Flair, who, Charlotte's deal in particular was said to be one of the biggest in women's wrestling history. Yeah. Um, she, she signed it at a perfect time, really, because she's torn her ACL, MCL, and meniscus. Yeah. And... Peter Insider reporting she's not expected to be back until at least October. Yeah, so she's on the shelf for a long time making money. Making money. I mean, she's injured. That sucks. She can't do much. But good but time to resign. Good time to resign. Um, Dominic Mysterio getting signed for a long-term deal. Fantastic news. That boy has a, a big future. Probably would have been unlikely um, just, two, three years ago. Just 18 months ago. Yeah, even, yeah. Like Clash at the Castle. Yeah. You would have thought like, really? Valley would resign them? Probably not. Um, Bland Dom, but that was just brilliant, isn't he? Biggest women's wrestling contract in history. I can, I understand why. Charlotte Flair, as much as there's criticism of Charlotte Flair, is very, very good at what she does. And she would be, I know you may disagree, but she's she's a big deal. 
And she would be if she went to AEW. The perception within WWE of Charlotte Flair is that she is the person. She's, the John, she's the John Cena of the women's division in yeah. terms of... People can admit... That, that's my problem, though. She's 2012 John... She's 2010 John, John Cena. Cena. She comes in, gets pushed, wins a title, disappears for months. Yeah. You know, and that's that's kind of... That's her thing. But WWE clearly have a big sort of... Affinity. A, affinity for her. Um, and I think I, I, it's not unjustified that they would because she's someone that they can rely on. Hmm. Apart from this injury, she doesn't... Just, get she, massively injured. She takes time off. She's been off a lot the last few years. She's been off, but she doesn't get a lot of big injuries. She, you can put her in the main event of WrestleMania with Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Or one off the main events and go, here's a really, really good match. Arguably the best of that night. Mm. Arguably. you know, or one, Arguably the, one of the best women's wrestling matches. She's a good wrestler. My issue has always been the characters just to be... It's a bit naff. Yeah. But her Doesn't work walking, as a baby face. No, does she? But walking on to AEW, if she did become a free agent, walking on to AEW alongside her father, that's a that's a big deal. Yeah, I can understand why they've locked her down. But most money, biggest in women's history for WWE, big money. That's a lot of money she's been making. Speaking of women, Cody Rhodes may have resigned. <laughs> 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 I thought I'd just do something stupid. You're going for the there. segue there. <laughs> yeah, it's just be stupid. Um, the, the Cody Rhodes ones is weird. I mean, we were all quite surprised to hear that Cody Rhodes' contract's up in 2024. Yeah. But maybe just sort of went, I'll sign a short, a two-year deal, and we'll see how they book me. Yeah. And then if it goes tits up, I can go back to AW refreshed. Which I don't think he will. No, no. I don't think he would go back. I at think the he will go back eventually. Eventually, but right now, um, him sitting on this contract, which is rumor, he's rumored to be sitting on this contract offer. So this is this is the weird one. So Meltzer said he resigned in October, but Fightful Select have reported that they made they made him an offer in October, but he's currently sitting on the contract. Yeah, I think we'll. I think it'll be a big part of how he's booked in the next three months. Oh yeah, use it for all the leverage you've got. Use it all, you know. Well, if I don't win. You know, I might not sign the contract, or... He might not be in the main event. The he might just be in a simple case of negotiating a bit more money. Yeah. He might be going, hey, I want a bit more, or... Hire QT Marshall. Might be. He might <laughs> be going, can you hire, get my mate Sean Spears and QT Marshall in here? Um, I would be very surprised if Cody doesn't sign that contract. Yeah. Um, however... We, uh, but I would have been very surprised that he didn't re-sign in 2022 with AEW. That's the thing. It's like, Cody is... As much as he's, he's quite unpredictable in that sense. Yeah. He worked without a contract. I mean, he, he went to went rise back. in Newcastle in his suit. That he, is as unpredictable as you he get. He did do that, yeah. which is baffling when you've been in rise. Um, I don't think he's leaving. I think he's going to sign a new contract, but it'll be we'll hear about it after WrestleMania. That's my prediction just now. We'll be talking about this uh, on the end of April. Hopefully he doesn't get a part-time deal. Wins the contract. Wins the WWE title. It goes part-time. Goes part-time. Doesn't appear for nine months. Yeah, but... I guess more more resignings are coming. There will be in the new year, mm-hmm. but that's where we are for now. One big departure, though. Yes, it's not Cody Rhodes. Is it's a man that in, has been. He's infamous of anything, isn't he? He's very infamous. He's a man that has kind of influenced WWE's product for forty years, for, for better or worse. He's pulled, literally pulled the puppet strings of cameramen and everything that he wants done. Um, Kevin Dunn. Kevin Dunn is done. 
with WWE. Oh, lovely. Thank you. Thanks. Thank very, you. very weird announcement in the sense that I was sat there watching AWO's end, 2 30 a.m. We're trying, we're trying to stay awake, basically. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> Long shows. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Peter suddenly dropped a report saying Kevin Dunn is leaving WWE at the end of 2023. We're all like, oh, shit. At uh, which point was uh, 24 hours away. Yes. Less than. Yeah. So <laughs> like, like, oh, right. He's gone tomorrow. That's his last day. He's gone. Yeah. Um, Kevin Dunn leaving is actually just a, a shock in itself. Like Kevin Dunn not being with the company for so he's been with it so long. Um, we've got used to his style of producing. Especially on the idea was when Vince first stepped away in 2022 and Triple H comes in with Stephanie as like an interim chair yeah. at the time. The perception was basically going, well, Kevin Dunn's out. He's out. But they actually asked him to stay on. Yeah. But what what we do find out is um, his departure gets confirmed at New Year's Day at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. on Nikon. No, no one's having time off of WWE on New Year's Day. Um, but gets confirmed. The, the Basically, the idea is that following the merger, um, it, it's basically around the idea that, of course, he's the executive producer chief of global yeah. uh, television distribution, but he was never going to be dictated to do anything. Like, he was never going to do anything that was dictated to him. So he, he had personal authority over this thing and with the yeah. change of change of leadership with the merger of UFC, it was going to be people telling him what to do as, a, a as opposed to more. him. Yeah, he was in charge of so much. Or if people were telling him it had to be Vince McMahon, and the idea was that he wasn't going to work with somebody that wasn't Vince McMahon. Yeah, I think it was smart, though, to keep him for as long as they have on this, I guess, transitionary period so that you've got continuity and it's not just a hard... Like hard cut. Hard change because you'll, you'll notice the changes to the production less... Because you've got, right, here's all this stuff that's been changed on the product, but now here's the actual production of it. Um, Kevin Dunn leaving, though, will make an impact. I imagine even there was little things, and I think it was... Um, Just little mini things on Raw and that that you... Yeah, we, we noticed it on Raw. You know, we saw, like, it felt kind of like a fresh start in a sense of the commentary team were being, like, a bit more exp- explaining things. Mm. Like, if you tuned in for the first time, which Kevin Dunn didn't have as part of the production um little things it, it was just like oh if he did it was overly long like overly here was a long. seven minute video package about this random thing whereas it just felt a bit more natural in there uh, i didn't notice on raw but i need to i need to go back and watch a lot of them um, this past week's raw was off um was about camera cuts kevin dunn is notorious for cutting to different camera shots within like so many within a, yeah, within like, a minute like period. Like 17 about 20 seconds and, yeah. you've, and you've, you've passed out. I'll be very intrigued to see if that continues or well, whether they'll switch that Because this was the thing that was sort of going, hey, Kevin Dunn's got a camera cuts are good and stuff. And what we found out in 2022, there's other people in the company that like the style of production he does. So we might still get them. We might still get them. It depends who's taking over uh, that job. Um, do we know yet who's taking over? The thing it's going to be a mix of people. So... The plan for a long time was it could be Michael Mansuri, yeah, um, or Michael Mansuri, I don't know if you say his name, but he's now in AEW basically doing the same job Kevin Dunn. To does. Kevin John, yeah, yeah, Kevin Dunn's job in AEW essentially. Uh, but he signed to a long term deal. Meltzer sort of speculated that people in WWE told him that they might make a run at Michael Mansuri to try okay. and get him back, but he's, he signed for AEW a long deal, yeah. Um, so it's gonna be a mix of people, but. Kevin Dunn, sort of in, an- in anticipation of retiring, um, has been letting people that are beneath him have more responsibility and power based okay. on the idea that he can walk away and the show they're, will they're go trained on. trained and it's, yeah, it's his legacy of that yeah. aspect. Um, 
it'll be very interesting to see if we do notice changes. Yeah. If the new people taking over will give their style to the programming or whether Triple H has any any say in changes. You said, you know, he wasn't keen to listen to anyone that wasn't Vince McMahon. I wonder if now Triple H, will the new people that are taking over the role have the same affinity, um, affinity and um, dedication to, Triple, uh, to Vince McMahon, whether the new people will be like, no, Triple H is in charge. We'll do it his way if Triple H comes in and goes... I mean, we did see a little bit of it at Survivor Series hmm. with Punk, CM Punk, going and watch Punk Vember. Uh, with his return, Triple H was the one that was producing that and calling for the cuts. And I'm thinking, who does, shop. who does that XT production? We don't quite... We're not quite I sure. I, I thought for a while, and I've seen a lot of people calling for this man to replace Kevin Dunn, but Jeremy Borash. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Borash has worked in production on TNA. He's worked. He did in, final deletion. Though. He did final deletion. Anything else he's done? Um, he's worked backstage in WWE for a number of years now. He worked in NXT under Triple H. He feels like someone who could take that role. Triple H guy too. And uh, I've seen a lot of people calling for it. I don't know what he is like when it comes to that aspect of production. Everyone seems to love him though, don't? But Jeremy Borash is a name that people really, really like. Yeah. He's got a lot of respect. Very well liked within the industry, and he knows he seemingly hits gold more than not. Like everything he's been associated with that we know publicly, is like, good. oh yeah, that's really good. As much like, as people yeah. at Final Deletion, some people criticized it. That was a groundbreaking, groundbreaking, trailblazing new thing for TNA and Matt Hardy. Re- you know, revitalized Matt Hardy at a time when TNA were. See, they were going out of business every week. It did. It was like that Smashing Pumpkins era, wasn't it? Where, <laughs> you know, the, it was close to the end for TNA. Um, and now, look at us here, 2024, and it's back to being TNA. TNA. Ten as, years on. As we'll discuss at the end of this month. Absolutely. Well, speaking of promotions. Promotions <laughs> and people in charge. One of the big things, it's Wrestle Kingdom this week, yes. as we're recording this. Uh, one name that is synonymous with New Japan Pro Wrestling is Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, okay, This came out of nowhere. He is the ace of New Japan. He is, when you think New Japan, you think of probably three guys. You think him, Okada, Naito? Naito and Inoki. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah, of course. <laughs> Wait, so I, would, I would say Okada, Tanahashi, Inoki. In yeah. my mind, that's the ones I'm thinking of. Maybe Osprey now. Nah. Um, but when you think of New Japan, you think of definitely Tanahashi. Lovely and, head of hair. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Incredible <laughs> air guitarist. But he is now the president I know, of the company. Yeah. He's an active wrestler. He's a player coach, you know? Yeah. Tell me a little bit about because, you know, this came out of nowhere, as you said. Were you shocked to hear this news? I mean, I think I noticed it. Or like, was it like two days before Christmas when they announced it or something? It was something like that, yeah. It was like, what? And it was just... <laughs> <laughs> and it was... Because Bushiroad are the parent company of New Japan. Yes. They own Stardom as well. Basically, like, the, the presidency role in New Japan has always kind of gone to Bushiroad guys. They, they brought in Harold executives. Yeah. yeah. It's not a wrestler. Yeah, um, yeah, it's usually someone that comes in that doesn't really know the business in a sense yeah. of wrestling fan... Or former wrestler. Or just how hard wrestling is. They come in going, money. Yeah. Let's let's make money from this company that in Japan is a is a sport. Yes. That you respect and you, you have to you you treat it like a sport, not a uh not sports entertainment. Sports entertainment or theatrical production. Yeah. Um but I never expected Tanahashi. Yeah, so what we find out is Takami Yobari, who was the president of New Japan, um, he is gone. 
Mm-hmm. And Tanahashi is basically the first proper wrestling guy to become president since Bushi Rhodes took over. And I think Sports Illustrated said he's the first wrestler to be a president of a major Japanese promotion since Keiji Muto was the head of all Japan. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so like that was the noughties, that sort of thing. Yeah, era. back in well, about at least twenty years yes. ago. Um know. so Tanahashi is the president of New Japan. <laughs> Gets announced in the press going down to suit his long hair Looked doing the air guitar. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> he just like, right, <laughs> okay. Um but of course we've all had a few jokes go, well, he's gonna be the champion next year. <laughs> of course he's gonna become he's gonna go over. And it's it's um yeah, it's it's weird to see someone still active in that executive role and, and while being, still wrestling, while still yeah. wrestling being the president but it's not even like a new japan dad at this point he's, he's, he's still like still the fairly, ace yeah. he's still the, you know he was in the was in, not in the main event last year or the year before he's, he's around the main event scene certainly like all the time yeah. all the time um so it was a bit of a like a for me it was a confusion why is i mean teams of he's, he's, he's like the current six man six champ, man champ. So Okada like, and Ishii. how is this going to work and why has this happened now we've we have had a little bit of insight into maybe why he's in that role? It's all to do with heat, heat, brother. <sighs> Love a bit of heat. As it always is. So this is from Dave Melton, the wrestling was over newsletter. Um, Takami Obari ha- has some heat with New Japan. Part of it is that New Japan lost a lot of their big names in recent years. Um, and just to mention a couple, Will Ospreay is going to a W from about yep. March time for the looks yeah, of yeah. it. Um, Jay White, yep. he, he's gone. Um even even, even Kenny like Omega? even like Juice and um, well no so Kenny Omega that was Harold Mage, um, but but even still like they're gone they've lost a lot yeah. of guys um, they've lost even like a little guy like Juice Robinson little guy little guy <laughs> little little but Juice I get what you mean it's like someone that like could mid- have been the next sort of up and coming Gaijin yeah. you know could he be the guy that's filling that upper spot and. They've never quite recovered from the pandemic, really. That attendances are still down. But I believe Wrestle Kingdom is going to be... Um, it's up from last year, so they're, on, good. they're on the up again. Yeah. Um, but some of the biggest events of the year haven't sold out. And there was reportedly a disconnect between Takami Yabari and the talent. Um, and basically, I'm just going to read up Melter said, yeah. so it sounds like garbled nonsense. Blame Dave. And it's... Um, um, a key reason has been that there were issues with staff members and Abari's usage of power over them. Another major reason was that Abari had heat with a number of people, including the company's top star, Kazuchika Okada. That's always something you want to have heat with. <laughs> <laughs> Okada was said to have wanted him out. Others said that Abari never really understood the wrestling business and didn't respect the value of Okada. One person said that Abari saw Okada as the lead role actor in a touring show. So he's like... Well, as opposed to this once-in-a-generation talent. And that brings me back to the point I was making there before, was they don't understand. And someone who's coming in as a business executive might not see it as a sport or Or sports entertainment. They will see it as theatre. This Okada, who is, by all accounts... He's the ace of New Japan. He's the ace of New Japan. He's a megastar. And if... Handsome man. Incredibly handsome. (laughs) You know, and if Obari is going... Okay, it's a touring show. We can get someone else to fill that lead yeah. actor. That is maybe stemmed to Okada wanting to accept or look at other offers from WWE, from AEW, from TNA. Yeah. He, basically, think, he sees him as Phil Mitchell as opposed to Tom Cruise. Yes. You can replace Okada, Phil Mitchell. Okada is not Phil Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> the idea that you can replace Phil Mitchell, these yeah. will keep going on. You can't replace Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. Yeah. It's like... Oh, at least not right now. It's like um, recasting. He's thinking of it as a film. 
Yeah. He's like, we can, re- oh, we can recast the, the lead part. He's that bloke that's replacing Henry Cavill. Yeah. In The Witcher. In The Witcher. Um, th- Liam Hemsworth. Liam no, Hem- no, the other one. Luke Hemsworth. Yeah, fuck it. Luke Hemsworth. Well, I don't know how to talk about movies, but there we are. No, Liam Hemsworth. It is Liam. Luke's the older one. Chris is the Thor one. Yes, Chris is, Chris is Thor. Luke's the one no one knows. Luke's the one that... He was in Westworld, but yes, yeah. no one knows. Liam was the Hunger Games. Liam's the Hunger Games. And now Geralt in The Witcher. Yes. Um, And of course, you can't you can't replace Okada with Liam Hemsworth. No, or Phil Mitchell. Or Phil Mitchell. Um, we know that Okada's worth um, is quite high, yeah. and his word is seemingly very well respected yeah. in, a, in, uh, in New Japan if it's uh, meant that the executive has decided to walk. Yeah, so he's gone. In terms of Tanahashi coming and all the sort of like disconnect with talent, I mean, that's gone now. Tanahashi is, is well he's gonna respected. he's gonna be in the locker room. He's been he was a top star of New Japan for basically ten years. Yeah, basically. Yeah, plus even. Um and is still near the top of the card and is, can still go. Yeah, as much um, as his knees are as much as his knees are fucked. He, are can, fucked. he, he does his best, bless him. He does. And you, he's not scared to put people over as well though. Yeah, like he, it wouldn't shock me like at the time when you maybe hear this that he's lost his act as he but you at Wrestle Kingdom. I, so it is a case of like on paper, just hearing about it and seeing it, it's someone that is, quote-unquote, and I hate the term, one of the boys. One of the boys. But he's one of the boys. He's in that locker room. He's Has experience. Has experience. He's on the cards with them. If something goes wrong, he was no doubt the locker room leader. Yeah. You can go to him. It'll be him with Okada, basically. like Maybe like Naito as well, stuff like that. So having someone like him as the president... Makes sense. He's a, an incredible representation of the company. Yeah, and, and, and what we, like, this is from people within New Japan, but one of them said, um, Tanahashi being appointed will help the company out of the dark ages of how they do business mm-hmm. because he's, he's relatively youthful compared to their other leaders. Yeah. Which is bad. He's, I think he's, he's 48. something, yeah. 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 Youthful. Which, yeah. I mean, in Japan, we were just in... Tatsumi Fujinami still wrestling still wrestling at 70 70 years so, old so okay, Tanahashi's got another 20 odd years <laughs> to, to, to go in the ring um, I'm trying to think um, but the, the Okada thing's interesting as well the idea that all we've heard from December is it was sort of Okada's contract's up in January mm-hmm. and then it was he's seriously considering leaving AW yep. or New um, Japan and, and le- going elsewhere going to AW or WWE uh, we, we then hear that he's not expected to go to WWE but WWE were interested as we discussed last month WWE yep. would very much like to have him because who wouldn't uh, uh, but now the sort of like in terms of just what you said publicly Okada looks like he's sticking around he's going this is the best place in the is world the best place for him his wife his is wife in is Japan like a is a big, big star in yeah. Japan I wouldn't be shocked if we do see him have a bit more um, I don't want to say freedom power but power yeah um, and the ability to let's say pop up on an episode of Dynamite or, or pop up on Revolution yeah. Have some feuds there. We know he's facing Danielson at Wrestle Kingdom tomorrow at the time of recording. He, he probably will. He'll probably win there. And I know we've had we've had one, two single matches. This will be the second. Next one for Bidden Door. Next one. All in. Likely will be. Nah, maybe, that'll be no, that's going to be McGuinness. Got to be for Danielson, yeah. surely. But Okada, we will, I think we'll see a little bit more freedom. I still think he will float an offer from WWE. See what they're... Hey, why do. not? Because... If they go, hey, turn up in the Rumble. We'll pay you $5 we'll million. Pay you, dollars. We'll pay you a lot of money to turn up for one night appearance. That's the thing with... 
cool. Oh, Carter, so like the rumors that he's on, he's on millions in New Japan. Yeah. I think it'll be staying, especially Tanahashi in charge. Tanahashi will, will likely, I don't know how much influence he has on contracts, um, but I imagine he'll have He's the head some. of the company, he's just going to have he some. He will have some. And it was basically that the idea was that um, it's going to be more of a leveling playing field. So in the past, it was Bushiroad dictated a lot to New Japan. Yeah. Now it's very much Tanahashi will be allowed to get on the job, basically. Get on with it. Well, the is, is expected to wrestle alongside it. He's going to wrestle. Uh, I think he should make that his gimmick. I, th- I mean, I do think... Rest on a suit. <laughs> God. Like Caval, we'll, we'll Loki. Have, we'll have turtlenecks and Loki. Um, <laughs> in terms of wrestling, I do think eventually he he will have one last run at the top. I think or he won't even have one last run, but it wouldn't shock me if Tanahashi wins the big one one more time. Like, it wouldn't shock me if this year he wins the G1 and wins at Wrestle Kingdom and goes, that's me finished. That's him done. It'd be nice, though, if if he um, won the title beforehand. And then put someone and over. And put someone over to, like, to give them that sort of rub in the sense of... Because he's already... You can't get a bigger title in New Japan than New Japan than president. president. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So he's already got that title. Give someone the rub and, give, and drop the belt. Or maybe he will see this as a way of going, this is how I'm going to ease out... I don't need another run at the top because he's the leader of the company. Yeah. He doesn't need the physical belt to do that. And and maybe we'll start seeing the pushes of younger talent. Yeah. The interesting thing will be of booking changes because it's been Gado for years and Dick Togo was involved, which yeah. is related to Gado. The, the booking overall last couple of years has been not as good as it was if you like four, ten, five, about, six even, years ago. Yeah. I, I think the, for me, the peak of my interest was about. Like mine 2015, was, 16, yeah. 17, round about. It was essentially Okada Omega. And yeah. the booking around that storyline. Mine's basically when Styles comes in up through. Yeah. Through essentially 2018. Like, of course, I've kept abreast of it. Um, yeah. I don't know what's going on. But in, in terms of personal enjoyment, it hasn't been as high as what it was since then. Yes. The hope was that with Tanahashi coming in. Um, because they're in a weird position, New Japan, overall, because you've got Okada, he's, he's your ace if you, if you lose him, you're knackered. Yep. Um, top guys beyond him is you've got Naito, who can still go, but has had just his third eye surgery, yeah. where his eye's knackered, his knees are knackered. So he's maybe got one more and run he's, at the he's top. not as over as he was like Ooh, a few years ago when, he, when he was going to get the title. And they, I feel, for me anyway, he, they butchered his chances. The I think he's risen back up this year. You feel, I you think feel this he's year. All right. I think he's got another run. Uh, but this is where the interesting thing comes in that outside of them two, you've got Tanahashi, <laughs> yep. who is also fucked. But you've got Sonata there, who doesn't quite feel... He's not as big as he. As big yet. yet. Yeah. That might change. I would argue that they've now been in a good position if Sabre Jr. does beat Tanahashi. Yes. You've got him as the... Because like he should have been Off up there. Replacement. He should have been up there already. Like Finley, Finley's going to be up there as well. You've got Suji coming through. You've yep. got Shota Rubino. It's a rebuilding. It's a rebuilding time. It's Tanahashi's the guy to lead it, really. Essentially, um, it's very, very exciting for New Japan. Um, it, this will go out after Wrestle Kingdom, so I hope you all enjoyed it. I know you will absolutely have enjoyed it. Oh, it'll be lovely. It'll be good fun to start your, your very Thursday early, morning. Very early morning, but um, should be a good show. I guarantee you kids will love it kids which brings us it. on to our final segment thank you so much for joining us for this end of month podcast it's time for kids love so normally me and tom say this in sync it's weird so it'll just it. be just be you just be me so you ready yes okay kids love reading negative stories about aw please don't cancel us tony Khan. <sighs> but <laughs> essentially like 
AW's had a bit of a mixed year. Yeah. But one of the things that really draws in the readers, or did in December anyway, is just the negative stories about the promotion. And it was, as we've mentioned, they're estimated to lose $34 million in 2023. Yep, a lot of money, but also what we've given the context to earlier. They're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. So, yeah. I mean, but when you see that headline... You're like, oh no, oh shit! Yeah. You know, you want you want to click it, and obviously, kids you want love... to find out. Well, why are they? Why aren't they making money? Yeah. Now we we the kids love section is what people are clicking on. Yes. So when we see that, when you see losing thirty four million, that's a very loaded, loaded line. title. Yeah. It's very accurate, but it also will. It's very like, okay, I need. To, I know. I want to learn more, and that makes complete sense why people would be wanting to click on it, click on it, and know why, and. It's also negativity. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Unfortunately, negativity. Unfortunately. I remember the graphic post blew up with it. And it was a lot of people commenting on that one and then link via clicking the uh, the link. But there's two more negative stories. Yeah. AW. I mean, this has been a topic from the summer and last six months, really. But AW, AW's attendance in general, beyond the odd pay-per-view and all-in, have sort of been down and that yeah. they've basically booked these massive buildings that hold like sixty thousand people and they're getting like five thousand in them and yeah. because of that it looks not as good because essentially they're putting all the people on the hard cam side and you've got people cutting promos to a camera and empty seats and like yeah and like four rows of people it felt weird to look at when you see it um from the the filled audience side yeah and i think the one thing that people notice it most is adam copeland's entrance because in WWE, both sides he goes side. to both sides. Yeah. And his first entrance in AEW, he went to one side and then stopped on the other. Didn't do it. But then at, Wor at World's End, he did because it was it a was full crowd. And, and it's it's just a bit of a shame because that, that's an obvious tell when yes. there's no crowd on that side. And what we're really hoping for AEW is that... Because um, they did the Orlando show and they ran like a 5,000-seater. Yeah. It looked really good. Packed. It was packed. Yeah. Like... The, the sooner they can get back to doing that, I think the better. I think it's it's more on paper. Tony can he can't cancel the bookings. He's already booked. The can't arena. cancel the bookings. They've got agreements in place, and also in the fact that on paper it looks better to be running venues by going, oh look, we're running the same building as WWE. As WWE. Look, we are we are competition, but what looks better and is a better because like us going, which is an accurate statement. AW Collision Tickets struggle in Montreal. Yep. How many sold? Roughly, it was what? It was like two and a half thousand. Two and a half thousand. thousand. But it was one of the lowest attendances they've ever had. had. And it was basically what happened was um, the, the local promotion was really bad mm -hmm. to the point that people didn't actually know the show was on was until like, they were like, hang on, I it's, know that arena. That's, that's thingy. Aye. And, and it was what there wasn't that much on it that was enticing people in. Yeah, and that's, that's part of the issue. And But if they'd run a much smaller venue, maybe a. 4,000, 5,000 seater venue, yeah. a little bit extra local promotion, and that would have slapped. Would have done much better. It also would make, if they're saying, let's say they do, what, they do about 4,000, 5,000 tickets. On, a, on most of most Especially week. for Dynamite Taven. Let's say you get a 6,000 seater venue, you know, you get it packed, and then when you do the pay-per-views with bigger audiences, let's say 10,000, then it looks and feels much grander. Yeah. Because you'll notice, oh, look, it's full, like, and it feels like a bigger building. Um, it's just a shame that they have struggled in certain markets, and I think it's the case of running the same markets over and over again. Yeah. It's a bit of, um, 
just a bit too much. And even when they didn't, it was sort of like they, were, they did the big tour of Canada, which is sort of the first time. But I mean, they ran Hamilton, which I think we worked out was a 20 minute drive from the previous the previous taping. You're yeah. like, well, why you done that for? What's well, it's too close, but understandably, they want to get talent it's, to them without spending too much money. It's and, like you're not going to run Newcastle and Sunderland. Yeah, that would be a bit. <laughs> it would be a bit daft. Yeah. Um, it's it's one that I'm sure in the new year in 2024 going forward we will see it happen again we'll see it happen less we'll see them maybe change the type of venues they're running we we know that a lot of executives in AEW have been changing recently yeah so the one that did all the promoting is gone so it could be a case of the next time they run Montreal their local promotions up their ticket sales are up they're running a smaller venue which then boosted all will make it look a bit better Um, you just want to look hot don't you you don't want to look I can like half empty buildings because you look cold. You look cold, but I can understand completely where they are running these bigger venues. In a sense of also the smaller venues are often out of city. Yeah, a lot of them mean, are yeah. out of city. So if you want people in the city, you go well. If it's in a ten thousand seat and we can get six thousand in, that's easier for people to get to. But you do have the back uh, the backlash of of how it looks sometimes. Um, You've got another AEW story. Another one, the third and final negative AEW story that did well was. Um, AW losing out on a free agent because Cody Rhodes forgot to check WhatsApp. So a bit of a classic one. Okay. Uh, of course, before AW started, uh, they had the big push. We've just well after, before they had the first show. You've got the big push to get all these talents yep. signed. One of the talents that was getting hot at the time was El Fantasmo, who had done really well at the UK Indies and stuff like it's very that. Very good in the Indies. Um, and basically. <laughs> He had offers from New Japan, received an offer from New Japan first, then yep. received an offer from AEW through WhatsApp from Cody Rhodes, EVP at the time. The only issue being, Cody Rhodes doesn't really check WhatsApp, and the only person he was speaking to on WhatsApp was El Fantasmo. Right. So El Fantasmo messages him, Cody Rhodes never notices, and then it gets to the point where Tony Khan phones up and goes, are you going to sign that it's bloody like, contract? It's like, what's going on? He's like, well, Cody never got back to me. I messaged him. And so Tony Khan calls Cody over in front of him and he goes, what's going on with VLP? He's just like, ah, oh, shit, he's got Aye. WhatsApp. I don't check WhatsApp. Which is... It's a ridiculous reason to lose out. It's such like a, a sitcom yeah. type, like, you know, miscommunication. Mis- uh, mis- um, I'd be interested to see how ELP would have done if he'd signed. We've obviously seen him. In AEW, he's in New Japan. Um, but yeah, he is in New Japan. He was a big part of Bullet Club while he was while he was in it. And now he's in Gorillas of Destiny. So he's, yeah. he's, he's Haku's fourth son. It's maybe Bullet actually Club. the best course of action for him going to New Japan rather than AEW. It, it, it strangely feels like a better fit for him. And his contract's up at the end of January. So I mean, we'll who see. Where, we'll see where he ends up. As long as negotiations aren't on WhatsApp with someone who doesn't use WhatsApp, we'll be all right. It'll be by fax machine. The next story, though. Yes. Now we get the bonus. Now, Kids do love this. Kids do love this. So kids love Optimus Prime hitting a burning hammer. Now, we see a lot of bollocks in wrestling. Yes. We've seen Not literally. Not literally. We've seen Mr. Blobby. Yes. Quite recently. Um He teamed with of all people, Eddie Dennis. Yes, we in past years we've seen Dave Benson Phillips get in the ring. Have we? We oh yes, we have. Oh yeah, I don't We have indeed. Les ha- Battersby's coming up. Les Battersby's coming up. Um we've seen a lot of random things. Yes. But Optimus Prime hitting a burning hammer. Yes. Very strange. It's just a strange so, sentence. So the, the background to this is 
this is some comics bullshit, but um, basically the Transformers license was done by IDW. Mm -hmm. They lost that license. It's now with Robert Kirkman Skybound. This is the guy that did Walking Dead and yep. Invincible, all those good things. Um, and he's launched the Energon universe. Oh. So... Um, Transformers as a sort of as a comics entity has relaunched under Image um, and Skybound, where it's it's new and stuff by Daniel Warren Johnson, who's, mm -hmm. who's a huge wrestling fan, and he's he's done a comic called Do a Powerbomb, which combines comic books and wrestling. He's done like Wonder Woman Dead Earth, so lots so, 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 so it's good a lot shit. of a lot of wrestling good and shit. Yeah, um, and. Optimus Prime, of course, he gets into some fights with the Decepticons. He, he does batter people. He does. And so what he does in Transformers issue number three, uh, he hoists up a Decepticon and hits a big old burning hammer on them, Kenda Kabaki style. There you go. Um, this this got picked up by, I'm going to say it, butcher the thing once, Dark Purosuflosion, whatever it's it? called. Um, and Daniel Warren Johnson replied to go, yes, I am a big wrestling fan. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I would like to see... Um, it, 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 to me, it gave me vibes of when, in Creed 3, basically the fight is based on fucking Naruto. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what a weird clash. It's. I would like to see a Japanese company like DDT have... Book Optimus Prime versus Optimus that big Prime. panda. Exactly. Yes. And hit a burning hammer on the yes. panda. You could have a kai, kaiju big battle. Oh, God, well, Godzilla minus one. Exactly. You could have Optimus Prime versus Godzilla. There's also how, how, how much we like sports-based wrestling. Sports-based like, wrestling. Fucking get up to the to a burning hammer. <laughs> um, it is wacky. It's wild. It's really cool seeing wrestling influences elsewhere. I remember, uh, in fact, actually a good example of this. We've got a video on the channel right now where Ross analyzes Shrek's wrestling ability. Uh, in the, in the film, first one, 2001 Shrek, <laughs> where <laughs> as if you've described it like that, okay, <laughs> where he hits clothesline. Powerbombs, Hurricane Runners, he hits everything. Yeah. And being a wrestling fan... He uses fan, a steel chair, doesn't he? uses a steel chair. Being a wrestling fan, he, he hits the ropes incredibly. Ross does a great analysis of it. Check it out. Like, being a wrestling fan as a kid, growing up and watching that, and being like, oh my God. Oh my God. Shrek's hit, a wrestler. Shrek's hit a pile drive. You know, that that was cool. <laughs> On a night in shining armor. Or like watching Scooby-Doo. And there's the occasional wrestling move in there. Yeah. And it's like... or In fact, the first Scooby-Doo film, there is a wrestler. There's the big guy. Oh, the, the Lucha Libre blow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like... I was thinking the WrestleMania one they did. No, no, the live-action yeah. film. Ah, <laughs> yeah. um, oh, shit, there is, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Daphne hits uh, a Hurricane Rana on him. Yeah. And he hits a powerbomb and stuff like that. I think I watched it, like, six months ago, went, fucking Hurricane Rana. Hurricane Rana. <laughs> exactly. So, being... Yeah. I imagine there's a lot of people reading and watching stuff like this, and they see Optimus Prime hitting a burning hammer, and it's a big pop. Yeah. But finally, kids love... WWE seemingly reaches a deal with Ken Shamrock, a man as hard as Optimus Prime. Probably harder. Yeah. I think Ken Shamrock could beat up Optimus Prime. He's quite tall, Optimus. Yeah, but Ken Shamrock's Ken Shamrock. That's true. I don't think Optimus Prime has the dexterity. That's true. The agility. But you can convert into a truck and run him over. You can't run over Ken Shamrock. <laughs> he just headbutts it and stops yeah, it in his truck. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. he's he's seemingly reached a deal with WWE. And, Which and was out of nowhere. Like, Ken Shamrock in wrestling has been quiet since, I think, he, he turned up in New Japan earlier this year, but it was just like a hello. It was a hello, yeah. Um, and I don't think, I think he's wrestled last match was like October last year where he did a Battleground Championship wrestling show, but he hasn't been on TV certainly since an FTNA. Now, we saw this sort of 
crop up because he had merch released on the WWE shop. Yes, yeah, so merch has popped up on the WWE shop. So it does in- indicate that you know there's a, he's got at least a licensing a merch agreement, deal. merch he's, deal. He's probably got a Legends deal. Legends deal, likely. But the speculation about Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame is talking coming up. We've got that. We've got, and just floating an idea, he'd be a great spot as an entrant in the Rumble. Yeah, nice little surprise. Here's Ken Shamrock. A week later, Triple H goes, Ken Shamrock's being inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. Yeah. And let, it, let him have a retirement match. He can wrestle The Rock. None of this Roman Reigns will be. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be really cool to see what they do with Ken Shamrock if it's a deal that has any influence on him appearing on TV. Because he hasn't um, retired. He's not. So he is still an active wrestler. You just do bare knuckle boxing, I think. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But that... That's everything. That's everything. Isn't it? We've got through it. We've done it. An hour and 44 minutes. Somehow it's, somehow it's longer with the two of us than when Tom's here. That's because we've we've had a lot to talk about. That, we have had seven We have stories. had a lot. And we've, we've gone into a lot of detail in every single one of them. And we really appreciate everyone coming and listening to these podcasts every single month. Um, we'll be back next month. Or, yes. Uh, we'll probably, it'll probably be the first week of February by the time we when actually... When the fuck's the f- 31st of January? It is a Tuesday, I believe. Oh, it's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. Well, so we might do it at the end of the month after the Rumble. So we might see you in the... It'll be that week, anyway. It's that week. Anyway. It'll be that week. Last week of January, first week of February, we will see you back here around this table to discuss everything that happened. We'll have Rumble news. We'll have whoever showed up. Yeah, Boogie Man winning the Rumble. Bloody hell, didn't Couldn't see that coming. Yeah, who's... Right, right now, before we, we, we wrap it up completely, who's winning the Rumble? And then we can discuss it next month, and then Tom will be wrong because he's not picked anyone. <laughs> um, I'm going to say CM Punk. I'm also inclined to say him, but I want to give a different answer to you. Okay. I will say Seth Rollins. What? Yeah. Oh, so, um, you, oh you, so you think the Rumble will be him versus Punk and Punk wins? I don't know. I'm just saying that's a different answer. I think the, the its destination in the end is Punk Rollins. Night one. Um, I could see Seth dropping the belt at Rumble, yeah, winning the Rumble, and then going on to WrestleMania. I don't actually think that's going to happen, but for the context of this, we'll go with that. I'm okay. going with that just to just have a different. So unless so we're not both going. Yeah, we got it right. Who's winning the women's one? Uh, women's one. I've got no idea. I, oh, no, I, think, I do know. Yeah. I do think Bailey's a good show. Nah, I think Bailey's. It's winning. either Bailey or um, Becky. I think baby face Bailey. Mm, yeah. But she's kind of heelish still. But then wins the belt as a... No, no, I think she'll become a baby face. What do you think? I think she might win the... Oh, so she might win it as a heel and then damage control turns and then turns she becomes a baby in face the process. Yeah. Either way, those are our predictions for the Royal Rumble at the end of the month. Get your tickets for Hooked on Wrestling. There's only a few left uh, to join myself and a few others down in London at Box Park at Wembley to watch the Royal Rumble. In Tugboat. And Tugboat, of course. We get to meet the legend that is Tugboat. We will have lots of coverage throughout the month. Uh, at cultaholic.com check out all the videos on youtube.com forward slash cultaholic Aiden have you got anything you would like to plug anything exciting coming up on the on the website the quizzes have been doing very very well the quizzes are doing well lots of Japanese ones right now we love a quiz I enjoy the moment when Aiden sends them around to me and I get to do a quiz so you should get part uh, take part in that as well and people do take part which is nice they do you should let Aiden know on Twitter how good a job he's doing with the quizzes what's your handle on Twitter Aiden I don't know at the Aiden Givens, <laughs> <laughs> you can follow him at the Aiden Givens on Twitter. At me at, at the Fraser Porter. You can follow us at Cultaholic on Twitter. Join us on Threads as well at Cultaholic Wrestling. Mm. I think that's everything. That's everything. That's everything. Do we do love you by? No, that's we can't. Yeah, can't possibly. Gimmick do. infringement. What would you like as your sign off? Goodbye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 